0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Times About Outdoors podcast. I'm going to try to keep this intro short because the episode is long. This episode was actually f- recorded back in the spring, and I held on to it because it's mostly about deer hunting, and I wanted to release it right before deer season, because um, that makes sense. Also, I'm lying to you right now. I didn't hold on to it on purpose. I did that because I was procrastinating, and I'm a master procrastinator. So... Now that we got that out of the way, it still does make sense to release this right now, because we are all ramping up for deer season, and this is mostly about deer hunting and eating venison. We are joined by Dan and Marty Plata, uh, husband and wife. Marty runs a page called venison365ish on Instagram, and she has an email newsletter where she emails out recipes awesome recipes for venison marty's whole thing is trying to get other families and wives to be more interested in eating the venison because we all know people who deer hunt and their families don't love it and it's probably because they don't cook it right they suck at cooking it and she wants to fix that she wants to help people out with getting those freezers full of venison cooked properly so people can actually enjoy it dan is also on the show and dan is a huge deer hunter beer drinker, bookkeeping business nerd, business coach. I hired Dan's company several years ago to keep the books in my power washing company. And me and him have become very good buddies over the last few years, probably mostly because of deer hunting. Uh, Dan has also become somewhat of a business coach for me. I don't think he knows that because I'm pretty sure he charges a lot of money for business coaching. And I don't pay him because I kind of do it in a sneaky way where I just like... Start conversations about deer hunting, and then like slide a couple business questions in there, and get his advice. I look up to Dan. Dan owns several businesses and has been very successful in the business world, and uh, I look to to him to to help me grow mine. Uh, but mostly, we're buddies over deer deer hunting stuff. Uh, I've been on his podcast before, and. It's a business podcast and we spent the entire time talking about deer hunting, so I'm sure his listeners were super pumped about that. But I wanted to have Dan on again because he's been on our show before and the audio sucked. Uh, if you listen to it on Carbon TV, it was all right, but for some reason it sucked on the other platforms. Uh, like I said, I want to keep this short and I have not kept that promise because this is going into two minutes. So I'm gonna shut up now. The episode is fun. It's long. We talk about deer hunting. We talk about venison 365-ish. We talk about Dan's uh, silly way of doing uh, a workout re- regimen that I think most of our listeners will probably appreciate and uh, gravitate to. So I'm gonna shut up. Like I said, hope you enjoyed the episode. If you do, give us a like. Subscribe to our page. Check us out on all our social media. Go to Carbon TV. You can watch our show. All those things that help us grow. Thanks for listening. See ya. One more quick announcement or information drop. Dan has a podcast. It is called The Home Service Happy Hour. Is, that's new, so he's starting that up. His old podcast was Bookkeeping Beer and BS. You can listen to a ton of his episodes on there, and you can check him out at bestdam.com bookkeeping.com if you need a bookkeeper for your business so make sure you check all those things out all right now i'm really gonna shut up you gotta explain you gotta explain this 30 extra medium because i feel like our listeners will would appreciate that a lot
1: oh yeah it's perfect for normal humans normal humans love 30 extra medium but, so so explain. I got, got some shitty ears. So you to explain it. Yeah, you oh, got to no. explain it. Are we are we recording right now? Yeah, we're we're recording. Oh hell yeah! Yeah I didn't yeah. know we started recording. <laughs> Let's record <laughs> yeah. some shit. Yeah.
0: Um, so you got. to...
1: Go? You want me to go? You might. You want me to send on thirty X medium right away here? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So Andy Fischella, I think that's his name, started this seventy-five hard thing which is I've never done it because it's too hard. I like I I run a small business and I got three kids. Yeah. I don't need another hard thing. Right. I need some I need some schmedium things. Um but 75 hard a bunch of small business owners started doing it. It's a very small business owner thing. That's his niche. And it's something like 75 straight days no alcohol. So I'm already out. <laughs> I'm just not going to do that. Um and it's like 90 minutes of workouts in a day, like a 45-minute hard workout and then 45 minutes of a walk or something like that. And there's some other stuff that goes along with it, uh, uh, drinking a gallon of water a day and some things like that. I was like, hey, I don't have 90 minutes a day to work out. Like, I got little kids. It always blows my mind when people, like, train for marathons when they got little kids. And I'm just like, what? Are you just trying to, like, get away? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? How, like, how do you carve out time to do that? I sneak, a, like, a 30-minute workout in the middle of my day when my kids aren't around because I don't know when. I, I would either have to do it, like, right when I get up, which I don't get a great workout in really early in the morning anyway. So 30 extra schmedium though, was the, the plot of take on 75 hard where I'm like, A, hey, I'm just not going to cut out drinking all the way. I literally have a brand – Bookkeeping, beer, and BS. That's built on me having a few beers and talking about nerdy bookkeeping, business finance stuff. So cutting alcohol out ain't gonna happen, but it is good to moderate. Uh,
2: moderation <laughs> is key.
1: And and um, I do good with uh, you know the dopamine hits, the quick rewards. Yeah. So I was like, what if every time you work out, you know, like you run a mile or two or three or four or whatever you run, or you do like a 10-minute jump-around type of workout or bike 10 minutes or whatever, you accrue a beer every so often so that you get rewarded for getting your workouts in. And you can bank them and stack them up and go nuts on the weekend, or you can just have a couple.
2: So if I... I mean, the define a couple is a beer and a cup of tequila. Do they both qualify as one?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't have good. I mean, it's thirty extra schmedium for a reason. It's like you just got to know know how you play the game. Um, so there's just no hard and fast rules here. But uh, essentially, I I count like a beer as a drink. But if there's a twenty ounce beer, it's still a beer. So I, if there's a twelve ounce beer or a twenty ounce beer, I'm probably having a twenty ounce still beer. One. It's still one. Okay. Um, If I'm pouring a glass of wine, it's going to be a big glass of wine. If I'm having a cocktail, I'm going to make it extra strong so I can have less of them, um, you know, to have the desired impact. But um, the idea being, it just makes you pay more attention to it because I'm from Wisconsin, and otherwise I'll just drink, like, a 12-pack in two seconds and not realize it because that's what we do. You just get some bush lights and let it rip. Um, And it just forces me, instead of doing – three workouts a week, I'm going to do five because I'm trying to earn me some drinks so that I can have more bush lights. And so it's, a, it's just a fun way to like keep track of it. I lose a few pounds doing it for sure, but it also probably has me drink a little bit less and work out a little bit more. And I'm not trying to do 75 days without drinking and lose a bunch of weight. I actually, and this is me as a CEO too, running our businesses. I don't like setting ridiculous goals that aren't sustainable. I don't love the, I'm going to make a huge push to here. Because then you get there and you're there and you're like, I made it. And then you relax. And I see a bunch of people that do that like fall into depression. Whether they do it in their personal lives or in their business world. Really? They make a huge push and try to like do something phenomenal. And then they, sure, they either get there or they don't. If they don't, they get depressed. Yeah. if they get there... They still have a huge letdown afterward, and I'm like, I don't want. I've I've lived my entire life trying to create like stability where I don't have huge ups and downs, right? Because ups and downs suck, and I'm a small business owner, and I have plenty of those.
0: Yeah. So I don't want
1: any more of them. Yes. I don't want huge, huge, huge wins, and I don't want huge, huge, huge losses. I want like consistent, repeatable wins, so that I can go hunting and fishing whenever the hell I want. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, Uh so thirty extra medium Consistent I'll, wins. I I win three beers a day. I whatever like the hell it. I want. I love it. I think it's
0: the perfect like program for uh, for people like us and and especially like you know everybody jumps on the bandwagon in in January usually in January or February because it's like New Year New Me kind of thing and it's like a good yeah. time to do that stuff but then. I have seen the seventy five hard. I've seen some people that have done it, and I I've, I've never even considered doing it because I think that it is insane. First of all, to not drink for that long. My wife is currently almost done with a hundred days of no drinking. She does that every year.
1: Might
0: as year. well just not drink ever again. He, that's what you I feel. I was like a hundred days. <laughs> she asked me if I was gonna join her every year. I tell her. No, I'll do thirty. I do thirty days without without any alcohol, usually in January. So, but weren't you talking on a recent podcast that you were thinking about creating an app so that other people could uh, join in and and you could gamify this?
1: Yeah, I need Marty's brother to help me develop it. Where it's like, yeah, when you win some beers, you know, like you get the foam up on the screen or you can you cash in on a beer just something to, like keep track. I mean, for you. think about it, dude, because.
0: The 75 hard has been marketed. I'm sure somebody's making money off of that. You know, having a 30 if, extra schmedium. If,
1: if you told me, uh, hey, Dan, I got these two things. I got 75 hard and I got 30 extra schmedium." Yeah. No context. Which one do you want? Which one do you want, Zig? Thirty extra medium sounds way better. Yeah, baby. Hell yeah! <laughs> like it's, it's seventy-five hard sounds terrible. Medium. Who's gonna argue with that? Yeah, man. It's extra. I it's would. Not I would extra hard.
0: I'd pay for the app and the program to jump on on it and and get game get get it gamified because that kind of stuff, like the word yeah. gamified recently mm-hmm. came in my vocabulary and that like makes sense it's like you, you do that stuff and it, and it like motivates you just some wins just
1: give me some quick wins just want them quick wins
0: yeah and a lot of them i want to stack up the wins <laughs> yeah so i we didn't really introduce that was a good introduction
1: for dan it tells yeah, that it tells much, you yeah that pretty much does lot lot about everything about you dan. need to know about me working <laughs> hard drinking hard and then hunt <laughs> hunting fish while i do all, all that yeah you? nailed it all of it. This is
0: part 2 of uh the Venison 365ish episode. We did
1: one uh man, when was that? December? No, it was longer ago than that. I think it was before Was it It was like mid hunting season.
0: Yeah, it was. We we recorded an episode and if you listen to it, you probably listen to it on Carbon TV cuz a lot of people do. Um
1: but we
2: Before I had an Instagram zig yeah, because yeah, I
1: told we, you you had yeah, to get one. Yeah, it was just for you starting the Instagram account. <laughs> Again, I, do have, I do have some good updates on all the shit that Ben and I made this winter with all the venison we had. So, so we, got, we got more venison stuff to talk about then.
0: We yeah, so we,
1: we recorded it, and if, and if you're a,
0: a, a listener on the podcast platforms, you never got to hear, the, hear that one because the audio, for some reason, did not work. It only worked in the video October. format. Early yeah,
2: October. Yeah, it was. Wow. Oh. Oh.
1: Holy it was, cow. It was after, um, so we had just gotten in, I, uh, Ben and I shot some big Kentucky bucks, and I think we talked about that on the yeah. show a little bit. Yep. And then he and, I, he and I shot the biggest bucks of our life, both, on a on our rut hunt that I was texting you, but when you were, you think you were in Missouri. We were in Missouri. And I was in the Illinois, yep. and Ben and I stumbled on some real big bucks. Yeah, we were in Missouri seeing, well, I
0: was seeing nothing. My buddies were seeing big bucks, but but uh, yeah, so uh, Dan is my bookkeeper for my business, my pressure-washing business, and has become a friend of mine over, over the course of the last couple of years. He also has a podcast, um, Bookkeeping Beer and BS, that I listen to all the time, and if you're a small business owner, you should too, and then his wife, Marty, she has a, bl- a blog. You would call it a blog, Correct.
2: I'd call it a blog. Like a
0: food blog of of sorts, but it's Venison and it's called Venison 365ish and she has an Instagram account now because I bullied <laughs> I bullied bullied her, bullied her into that last time we were recording. Um, she posts uh, you apparently can, nobody
2: apparently nobody uses blogs
0: anymore so I had to get with the times. You know, it's just you, you got to be from what I've learned in business, you have to be in every avenue of reaching people so you can subscribe to her newsletter and email format and she gives you recipes and um wild game recipes mostly venison you you throw in some other stuff though
2: mostly venison because we have got a freezer well three freezers full of it but we also do quite a bit of fishing so occasionally i throw in some fish recipes and i do plan on having some guest some guest bloggers on elk here shortly, Ooh. so oh, yeah. some elk recipes coming in from, from Kristen. Oh, no shit. Oh, okay. Some potentially some bear. Ooh. Yeah, I... the, the idea behind it is that, um, you know, we've got a ton of venison, and so that's what we end up eating, because when you've got a freezer full of it, that's what you got to eat, but I've talked to so many wives of hunters, and I'll stereotype and say wives of hunters, saying it doesn't have to be that way, but who have venison in their freezer and don't know how to use it, right? It sits there year after year and some gets added to it and eventually they throw it away because it, they don't know how to use it. So my my goal here is just to inspire one person to cook with the meat that they already have that their husband <laughs> brings home um, or inspire the husband, inspire the, the hunter, um, whoever that is to cook with the food they bring home and uh, figure out how you can incorporate it into daily life. So my friend, Kristen, is married to a big outdoorsman, even more of an yeah, outdoorsman he, he makes than me you. Look,
1: he makes me look like a Schmidium hunter. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's on trips all the he time. He
2: hunts all the things, and she was not a hunter prior, or or had anything to do with game um, prior to meeting him, and so she's learning as she goes. So I thought I'd add a few, add a few other game types uh, with her recipes. So those will be coming soon as well.
0: That's awesome, I. I've only eaten elk a couple of times at like wild game dinners, and it was incredible. It,
2: we we gotta just, go get There's one a of those. lot of it when you shoot an elk or a bear. You got a lot of meat to eat through.
0: So, <laughs> I am going moose hunting this year.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Oh shit.
0: So, uh, my dad retired, and his boss, for his retirement present, gave him, uh, told him to book the hunt. Book whatever he wanted to go on a hunt for, and book it for me and him, and wow, and, so cool. and, and send him the bill. So I, I was like, "Well, let's go grizzly bear hunting." My dad's like, "There's kind, con- we can't go, spend a hundred thousand dollars on something." <laughs> <laughs> so we we Give did yeah we did some research, looked at a bunch of different stuff, and we ended up landing on doing a moose hunt. Cause it seemed like something that was pretty unattainable for the two of us. Like I feel like I can go to Colorado and kill an elk if I want to. I don't feel like there's much of an opportunity for me to go kill a moose. So I uh, we landed on that in Newfoundland, Newfoundland.
1: I like got above Maine, Newfoundland yeah. up there. Yeah, Labrador. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's it's like it's like we fly in to to like the city and then they helicopter us to the spike camp where we'll be hunting these moose. Um it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, man. But I don't know how to cook moose at all. I have no clues. When when is
2: that?
0: October
1: 11th. Okay. Yeah. I uh a moose makes an elk look like a coos deer. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. so he told me that the <laughs> like uh, average size elk or moose there is I'm going to have like four or five full-size coolers full of meat yeah,
1: Did yeah, we, yeah how many how many freezers do you have that's now? what i'm
0: saying i'm like I, i'm like man because me and my dad are both going you know essentially we could both tag out and and then if we tag out on the moose we can we can go bear hunting while we're there because you're there for seven days and you can't do anything you can't leave there's no way for you to leave
1: yeah, it's just when the next plane comes. Yes, in so you. you're there,
0: uh, and it's not fishing season there. Apparently, you're not allowed to fish unless it's fishing season. So they said you can do a stumble upon bear hunt. Like they're not going to really guide you on the bear hunt, but you can get a tag and go see if you can find a bear. That's
2: terrifying.
1: Yeah, leave. Get, get, get put those moose guts all in one spot That's what and stumble <laughs> out to find a bear. Seems pretty I'm easy. No <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I'm gonna. We have to actually hire a transport company to bring the moose we, meat wait, wait, home. Wait,
1: black bears, black bears, I assume. Yeah. Black yep. Black bear. Yeah. Okay.
0: But they're pretty big there. Uh, from what I saw in the pictures. Oh yeah, they gotta go eat moose. Yeah, moose There's and lots, caribou. Lots There's car- caribou there. A lot of caribou too. Oh no shit. Yeah. So. Oh, I'll have some recipes to add to your uh, to your stuff there.
2: Absolutely. There
0: we go. There we go. So how long? How, how long have you been doing the um, the blog there for the recipes?
2: Since Christmas 2021, because we were sitting at home with COVID while our daughter had COVID, so we couldn't go to any of our Christmas activities. The rest <laughs> of us felt fine, and we had cooked. Like, three amazing meals in a row, all of venison. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) We eat so much venison around here, no one would believe it. Yeah. Like, no one would believe that we eat venison almost every day. Um, And I'm like, I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to document this. And he called my bluff. He was like, there's no way you're going to do that. I was like, damn straight I am. (laughs) We had nothing else to do. So, blog it is. So...
0: There we go. And how how, uh, how many uh, subscribers do you have to the to the emails?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. It at this point, it's more it's more for me. Yeah. Than than for anybody else, but um, it it's fun.
0: Yeah, that's, that's still cool, and your
1: Instagram page is growing too.
2: It is. It is. it is. She had,
1: she had Spencer from the Meat Eater freaking like like some of her posts. That's pretty like, cool. Spencer, Spencer New Spencer. New Spencer guy New guy host uh, the fucking trivia show. See, that's what the I'm saying. Like
0: mastermind. You like the 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 name is so catchy, and you know it's you never know what can happen with those kinds of things, especially with people like the Meat Eater, like those people. I mean you look at what they're what they have in Meat Eater what's all involved in Meat Eater it's not just the show Meat Eater they bought the Bear Grease you know. podcast you know all those Spencer Newhart all he was was a he was a guest speaker on Wired to Hunt a couple of years ago I was to
1: say he just co-hosted with Mark yeah.
0: for, on, on Wired to Hunt for years but just had the coolest voice and shit right. is Right and like I just talked to somebody uh the other day that works for a company that I can't say yet but uh, on the air but um, another person who was like he he was like one of Mark Kenyon's buddies that would be on the show every now and then has a, a position with with those with them and it's you could you never know what can happen because if you hit the right person on on Instagram and and they they share your stuff and the next thing you know it takes off and I think it's super marketable.
2: I mean for me it's it's super fun, right 'cause we're we're eating it anyway, yep, so it's not like I'm you know slaving away and trying to get photography just right, and if I burn something a little bit, you know, I'm recooking it. Nope, this is what we're eating, right? Yeah. This is how my family feeds ourselves, and so might as well capture it and share it, and hope other people find a way to. Incorporate it into their family
0: life too, and I think that's what ma- what makes it more appealing to people is that it is real, and it's not, you know, even even meat eater. Even I bought the meat eater cookbook. Even some oh, of s- some of the recipes in there, I'm like, I'm not gonna make this. Like,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh like they've gone to hoity toity. Yeah, it. man. It's yeah, hoity toity. It's like no, I don't have time to make that. Aioli bullshit no. that you're throwing on that thing. Like I got three kids to feed, and they're all <laughs> pissed off and angry and whining about shit. Like yeah. this needs to be fast, no frills, super simple. Uh, the one that uh, Spencer from Meat Year talked about a whole lot on their trivia show, and I and I think it's probably in their cookbook, the Mississippi pot roast. It's well, yeah. excellent. It's it's by far the best pot roast that Is I've it? ever had. And Is... I've had I've had I've had venison roasts. Since, like, since before I could talk, it's, that was a staple in my household, and that, that like, blew my socks off. I'm just, I, I still don't love pot roast, in general. But if is I was that the animal, one
0: with the uh, pepperoncinis and the ranch, ranch
1: pack? Yeah, the ranch so and the pepperoncinis, and we, I mean, like, we're a very, like, meat and vegetable type of family, so it was, like, potatoes and carrots and mushrooms and onions, and we just, like, piled it all on. Like, I just had some shanks. From a buck that I shot, it was yeah. like it was like a couple pounds of shanks and like eight pounds of vegetables, but it all cooked down and created like a very br- like we, you don't put any liquid in it, but all the vegetables create a yeah. broth that the meat is just hanging out in. Oh man, this is party. We they're we all, made they're all, all in the bottom of the crock pot.
0: We made that roast so often for for a while that we got like almost sick of it at our house because we were oh, yeah. we were making it all the time it's so good i in fact it's kind of funny because it's a running joke at our firehouse that i may that that's all i know how to cook is that roast <laughs> <laughs> and uh the the our boss always tells me if i make another roast i'm getting transferred to another firehouse oh.
1: um
0: i really haven't made it that many times i just i don't know why they, they act that way i think it's more of a like they they know it gets a rise out of me now, so I'm just like whatever. To you. you make it
2: just you make it with you.
0: venison. Uh, sometimes I've made it with venison. Most of the time at the firehouse, I br- I just get a chuck roast. Yeah. Um. That you know, I don't bring venison to work as much because the firehouse I'm at now definitely appreciates it more. The one I was at before, they didn't. None of them would have appreciated it, so I'm not bringing my meat to work, like, but.
2: Like, they wouldn't have appreciated it? Like, they would have just assumed it was beef and not really appreciated that you shot the thing? Or they wouldn't have eaten it because they don't Some like of them
0: it. wouldn't have eaten it because they think they don't like it. And then the other yeah. ones just would just, like... I don't know. I feel like if I'm giving you my wild game to eat, like, I need you to appreciate yeah. the fact that of where it came from. It's not right. just the grocery store. So, right. we're at my new firehouse. Like, I, I brought a backstrap in one day and they were like... They, everybody was like, "Dude, this is so good!" Like, so it made me feel good. But I'm not bringing back straps to the firehouse very often. My wife would probably Wait. kill me.
1: She and 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 uh, from what I understand, she could kill you. So you, sh- you <laughs> I do. I have a funny, like, super hard and fast rule for me is I talk about my hunting a lot, like to my employees, to my friends. There's like three things I talk about the three important things in my life, my family, nobody's trying to like ask for them. Nobody's like, Oh, let me have your kids. They're like, no, nah, those whiny bastards. I don't want those. Right. Whiny bastards. Right. Um, and my kids are awesome except for when they're whiny bastards. Um, <laughs> two, they're asking for, um, like medicine or meat stuff. And like three, they're asking for my time. Right. It's yes. Like the three things, the three things that I have. Um, and the only thing I ever give is my time. I won't give them family stuff that's like sacred, right? And I won't give them venison. <laughs> I fucking won't. No. Um, it, they ask like, "Oh, are you gonna get some jerky, man? Are you gonna get some? Yeah, man? yeah. Like, I love some tricks. And I'm just like, "I will cook it for you. Yes, absolutely. yes. You can come over, and I will razzle dazzle you. Yes. I, you will absolutely like. I will spoil you with."
2: Janis enchiladas. Yeah, whatever
1: like whatever it is. <laughs> yes. But I will not give you any of the shit that I spent I mean like when you think about the amount of time and money and effort yeah. and pride that goes into like killing an animal. Yep. It's sacred, man. It is. That shit's sacred. I, and people are like, oh, yeah, send me some sticks. No. I'm like, yeah, send me a go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, I'm not sending you anything. <laughs> like, you didn't do shit. I'll, uh, I will send you some sticks of beef. Yeah. And you can go eat some shit that a farmer killed. But, like, not the shit no, that I killed, man. No, you if do. If you want the sticks, you got to come ice fishing with me and put in some work, dog. Go buy, <laughs> go buy, buy, uh, Go buy a bag of, like,
0: hunter sticks uh, from the store and then tell them that they're your deer. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I'm not... I'll cook it for you and share it with you, but I people are always like, oh yeah, you're going to bring me some venison. I'm like, no. No, because I shoot... The deer I shoot go in my freezer and we... like We're just like you guys. We eat that almost every day. We rarely go to the store and buy red... The only time we ever go... The only time we ever buy red meat at the store now is like if I'm just like I really want to eat a steak tonight. I would like I would like some ribeyes. You know, like every now and then I just I want a ribeye or you know, that's when we get red meat. Rarely. Most of the time when we're eating red meat it's venison out of our freezer. So you're not getting it because that's how I that's how we eat, so <laughs> And then, I also, like, again, it goes back to the appreciation thing. Like, sometimes I feel like people just want you to give them the venison because it makes them feel good that you gave them something and it goes in their freezer and they never cook it.
2: Correct.
0: You know, or they cook it and they cook it wrong and it gets thrown and away. And they don't and,
1: know how to cook it and then, they, and then they're like, venison sucks. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, venison sucks because you suck. Yeah. yeah. No, it yeah. sucks because you
0: suck. Gamey. I love here, I love the word gamey. People are like, is it gamey? I'm like, I don't know. What, I
1: don't even know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You gotta you lay it out on a board, and there's pieces and you move them around. <laughs> yeah. on the it tastes yeah. like
0: venison to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mom tells me she doesn't like venison. Every time I make something with venison, she says, "I don't like venison," but this is so good. I'm like, yeah. you literally say that every single time. And my yeah. brother, my one brother. Uh he is like he cooks Man, every every Christmas he always brings something venison and uh last year he did some venison ribs. Which I've Ooh. never cooked the ribs on a deer. I always cut the meat out of the ribs and throw it in the grind pile. Yeah.
2: The,
0: That's usually what we do. The ribs he made they were like a Korean like a Korean barbecue style ribs. Oh my gosh they were so good that i don't know that i'll ever throw ribs away again
1: you got did you get that recipe i feel like that could be a, a guest contributor recipe i'll get it i'll get it i'll
0: get it from him uh and i'll and i'll shoot it your guys' way it's it was ama- it was amazing in fact we it was like not the main course he just brought it over and we we crushed these ribs before dinner and like kind of spoiled our dinner on them because we ate so many of them.
1: That I mean, awesome. I feel like everybody wins.
0: They were good, and there's not like a. They're not like super meaty ribs. Obviously, like I guess you could get a deer that has some super meaty ribs, uh, but we're in Michigan, so deer are usually like two years old at the most. Um, but they, did but you, I mean, they had they had enough meat on them.
2: Did you freeze the whole slab. He, and I, then I think he or Was it fresh?
0: He caught them. He cut them in half. I don't, because they were only like, they weren't. He like, I feel like this whole slab of ribs is like too big to put in your freezer. Um, but he cut he cut them somehow. He like had them cut down, um, and they weren't fresh. They were frozen because he had shot that deer in November, and that was Christmas. That was Christmas dinner. Okay. So. Yeah, I'll get that recipe for you. That was that was a good recipe. And then he does these meatballs, too, that are incredible. He does two flavors of meatballs every
1: year, and they're just, like, unbelievable. Hey, I don't mean to derail the convo here, but, Zig, have you seen this uh, Plata koozie? Did you get one of these? I have one of those, man. Isn't that <laughs> sweet? Yeah. Wait, Our I don't know. My team made a koozie. My team my... made a koozie with my face on it.
0: Do they all have a... Is that... There's only one kind of koozie, right? Or is that a different one? This is a... I, the there's like
1: this edition. There's like six kinds of koozie. Okay, because I was going to say, ones. I don't think
0: your head has a Santa hat on the one I have.
1: If, if my head is on it, it definitely does. There's only one with my head on
0: it. Oh, okay. Then it does. I got it at the huge convention.
1: I think... No, else? that's the tattoo. You got the tattoo. No, we got a koozie from you, too, for something. Well, the koozie doesn't have my head on it, though. Maybe
2: they got him one for...
1: You you would you would have got one at Christmas time. You would have got a Christmas gift. Oh us. yeah, then that's where we got it. Yep, I do have one.
0: And I'm looking. I thought I had your. uh the hat. Your you opener, you here, I think one
1: with the bikini coming out for summertime. <laughs> I got a hot one with the, the speedo. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Nobody wants to see. So that. about some men than the 365
0: right, issue? No, is no, it no, is the is the. Is the picture being drawn up after 30 extra mediums over
1: with? Yeah, God, I hope so. Holy Christ. <laughs> Definitely not right after ice fishing season. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, did you get a lot I of ice heard, fishing? I heard a good one. This was, this was a meat eater one today. I, I think I heard Yanni say it, and nobody, nobody uh, laughed at it, but I want to repeat it because I laughed. I was working out while I listened to it, and uh, they were talking about a fanny pack that – is this? Sh- it has a picture on it that looks like a dude's gut hanging out over his jeans. That's <laughs> like that's what's on the fanny pack. Yeah, and, and as as like the bit was fading away, Yanni's like, I think they call that a dunlap. And then like nobody said anything. And they're like, is it done laps over your buckle, your belt buckle, or something like that? And I was just like, oh, it's fucking brilliant. Nobody laughed. Nobody, nobody picked up on it. So I, like I feel it. like uh, maybe maybe my ice fishing. My post ice fishing koozie would have me with the Dunlap. Did you guys a Did you get a, all? You guys. Probably hang over my oh, go. You guys got a lot of
0: ice fishing in this year, didn't you? That you, I saw you. You, you had a bunch of lives that got got you booted
1: off Facebook. <laughs> got me booted off of the f book. Yeah, I'm all, a terrorist now. All because you so. were cleaning fish in a video. I was cleaning fish. I, the here's the stupid thing that Facebook does when you go live. It has you put a title on the live video when you like go live within Facebook, but then it automatically makes a secondary just straight up post with the title. Huh? And there's, and and you have to like go back and delete that post. Well, my title of my video was "slay them. Now it's time to slice them. And so with the video context, that was fine. Yeah. With just a straight up post, they were not a fan of, slayed them, now it's time to slice them oh without any gosh. context. They frowned upon that, and they put me in Facebook jail for a month. Does somebody have to report that, or in did that, you man. just, like, does Facebook just see it? Facebook just, they have an algorithm that said, no, you're a naughty human. Wow. Naughty, and you're on a timeout for a month. Just cleaning your fish. It was
2: a month, first oh, a
1: month That's a lot, nice yeah. It was, it was only a Facebook jail, um... For going live. I could still post. I could still see everything. I could still post. I just couldn't go live. Which was weird. It was a weird purgatory. Which sucked for me because I go live a lot. Every week. Like twice a week. twice a week. Yeah, at a minimum. So that was kind of a bummer. Yeah,
0: now you go live on your... Whose page? Somebody else's page? Gyrus as my
1: producer. So he (laughs) synced up my StreamYard account and I was just going live on his for a while. That's so funny. Are you back now? I'm back now. I'm no longer live as Jai. That sounded cool. So if Jai ever needs to go live, he can just be live as Jai. The funny you're, you're, the funny thing about your it. show
0: is that I, like, randomly will, like, get a notification and I'll pop in and I like to listen to it because I can, if I'm not doing anything, I like to comment, obviously. The last one I was, like, firing all kinds of questions at you guys.
1: Oh, yeah, you were, you were lighting it up. And I appreciated the feedback because, like, those are my favorite episodes To just like get on and like live Q and A, a couple dudes. Yeah. No agenda, no interview, no nothing. And you're like, you need to do more of these. I like those. those, I like those.
0: Those are my favorite too because you're more. It's especially uh, like I really like the episodes when you get Rob on there, just because Rob to me is like um, I don't know how to explain it. Like I think I feel like I just relate to Rob a lot. Like obviously Rob's business is worlds ahead of where our mind is but I like to like just listen to what he has to say and what he thinks is going on and the two of you guys mesh together so and then having the ability to ask the questions and then other people asking questions likely are questions that I have too but um the only thing I hate about it is that then later on like a week later or whatever when your episode goes on to the podcast uh, platforms, I'm like, oh, cool, a new bookkeeping episode, and I'll, li- I'll turn it on while I'm working, and it's one that I've already listened to, and I'm like, damn it.
1: Damn it. Now <laughs> i got to find a new episode. Yeah,
0: so sometimes I won't watch your live because I want, because I'm like, I need something to listen to tomorrow or next week while I'm doing
1: this. <laughs> hey, um, do me a favor, go on, jump in, make a comment. Give Me a thumbs up and just be like, hey, just checking in, but you know, I can't listen because I gotta listen to it later. I will, so I'm I, out. I, I,
0: I've honestly, I've, I swear to you, I've done this. I've opened your live up and then muted it and just left it up so that it was up.
1: <laughs> I like that, I like that I just because I, 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 I know can't listen now. it's like watching a ball game that I know I'm gonna take, yeah, and I know I'm gonna watch the whole thing later. So I don't want to spoil it now. Well, and, and
0: I and I know I know the grind with the podcast stuff. Like we do our podcast, and it's like I know what having the people on those lives and and like just those numbers how does that help it? So I'm like, well, let's throw it on my phone. I'm not using it right now. I'll just leave it up for So there's a there's an extra person in there. But no, I have
1: man. one viewer left, it's you. It's I'm me. me. It's me. It's you me. just <laughs> don't try to talk to me because I'm not gonna answer back. <laughs> I want to... Let's do this. This this is me being a podcast host on somebody else's podcast. Let's do this, you guys. i got an idea for the (laughs) show. Uh, I can't help myself. I can't help myself. I want to talk about... um, So, so we went live in October, which was before Ben and I went and slayed the two biggest bucks of our life in Illinois. Yes. I think we should revisit, um, just because hunting stories are cool. Yep. And then we should talk about all the shit we made out of all of our venison yeah for sure in the spirit of venison 365 ish because that I mean five six deer a year that we kill like you gotta have shit to do with it it can't just all be a grind pile and whole muscle so what do you do with it from there and and like that's been a cool progression for me well
2: and this has been only the second year that you guys have actually processed it all yourself and this year you tried some new stuff
1: yeah
2: Um, prior to that you know you bring it Bring the meat in and have it turned into brats or whatever yeah. else, and so that that's a good
0: yeah yeah. That's, that's
2: good for us.
0: Yeah, let's hear about those bucks and then we'll segue back into the uh, the recipes. So
1: the last time we were on was in October and it was early season, but Ben and I had done a Kentucky hunt and I shot a decent velvet buck, probably a ninety hundred inch buck. But the one side of it, like. Probably 120-ish. The other side of it was super stunty, but it was in velvet. I shot it the first night. That's cool. It was right under my stand. Literally, it was so close. It was right underneath my tree. I couldn't line up my pins. I couldn't see through my peep and line up my pins. I did the old, like, pulled my face off the bow, put it back on the bow, and was like, that's pretty close. I mean, I was only like three, two, two sticks up, and it was right underneath. I mean, like, right underneath me. I was just like, I just can't, you can't miss. Can't miss from three feet, right? I just I like went like a last on the damn thing, and I just fired her away, and we got her. that one the That one's the that one's going to be a Euro mount, a Euro okay. velvet nice. mount. And then the last day of that Kentucky hunt, um, I got to scout and do some observations, and we got access to a private piece of property next to the public, and saw all these bucks coming out. And I got bent on like a hundred and thirty five inch eight pointer that's just gorgeous. The funny thing was. His, the rack on that deer was just phenomenal. The deer was about half the size of the buck I shot. Like we dragged it out and it was like dragging out nothing. And my deer is just like, it was a hell dragging it out. Um, (laughs) it was just goofy how such a, like, I don't, I don't know the age of either of them yet, but the amount of meat we got off mine compared to his was crazy. Like mine was, we made that steak the other night. It was like, it was like two steaks. It was just huge. Um,
2: but that's the story of Ben's life too. Is oh, I'm gonna learn how to hunt. At I was gonna say nine years old. Oh, you just waltz into the woods and shoot the buck of your life every yeah. time you go in. That hunting is easy.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that Ben. I was gonna say Ben's fairly a fairly new hunter, right?
1: Yeah, I just um, he had a bow and he intended on getting into it. But bow hunting is not unless you have a mentor or something that. You know, someone that can take you out and start showing you the ropes, like, it's just not a thing you can just start doing. Yeah,
0: no, Fishing, you can kind of just start
1: doing, and you're, and you're not going to be successful, but if you go, like, throw a bobber and a worm, you're going to catch some bluegills, and you can, like, start figuring some shit out. Yeah. Hunting is just another level of trying to get introduced to it. Like, somebody's got to show you where to go. So he had a bow, and he meant to get into it, but he didn't have a Dan, right? And so then Dan showed up, and Dan was... Dan to him and, and so I got him going on it and started taking him out on some public land and stuff like that and uh, so so that buck in Kentucky that like 135 velvet buck was the first buck he ever shot I shot a couple year the year before um, a couple of the odor. I think one with the bow maybe yeah. and and so got that Kentucky buck and we got back and we talked about that on the last podcast and then we had this Illinois rut hunt co- coming up And that's on public land, too. But I I had been hunting it for, like, six years straight. Wounded a couple nice bucks. Shot a decent meat buck on, like, a final day one year. But always had seen good bucks. And and Ben does something that I don't think most hunters either have the ability to do or the guts to do, which is he goes all in. So he like spends all of his money on the nice shit. He just nonstop studies. I mean, he's watching every YouTube channel and catching up on videos from the hunting public and the <laughs> the, the this thing and the that thing. And he's like, he's he's bringing me ideas, and I'm just like, I don't really like. And I've got experiences from back right. to when I was like five years old, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been hunting like I've been hunting since I could walk. And so he doesn't have all these experiences to draw on. He just is watching videos. And so I'm trying to like lend him my experiences. But he also, he runs a multi-million dollar sewer and drain cleaning business in the Twin Cities. He's an awesome business owner. And he's been on my podcast before to talk about the business stuff and to talk about hunting stuff. Um, But he's not shy about like being like, I like this thing. And here's all my money and all the things that could be bought for the thing. So we were on public land in Illinois and he's like, he's got his $4,000 electric bike thing, right? And he just goes (laughs) hauling ass in the middle of his public. I mean, so this piece of public we were on, a 215 inch deer had been already taken off the land. Yeah. Like a monster. I think I'm sure I sent you a picture of it. That's huge. It was only a four and a half year old deer, just a big, non typical, crazy ass four and a half year old deer. Like, not, it's not a repeatable thing. It was just a freak deer, but the locals knew it was there, right? We didn't, we had no idea it was there, right? We we did. This is just a spot we go to because we know a guy that's a farmer 15 miles away that we've hunted his property and his property sucks. So we started hunting this public. Yeah. It wasn't intentional to hunt this public, it was just nearby some other shit we had access to. Um, but last year, we both saw a big nine pointer that probably would have scored 160, 170, huge nine pointer. And we were like, I mean, we both saw him within 20 yards.
0: Oh, wow. And neither one
1: of us could get a shot at him. And I, in that same year, I wounded two nice deer and never found either one of them. One of oh, them died, gosh. one of them lived. We got, yeah, like I remember 200. that. We were
0: in Missouri that same
1: week, too. Yeah, and and you probably got my depressing string of yeah. text messages of like day one I shot a nice yeah. one and we never found them, and, and the last day I shot a nice one and we it's never funny. found It's funny I them. can literally
0: remember what sh- I was like remember the tree that I was sitting in when you were texting me about
1: that. <laughs> God, it's brutal. It's brutal. Um, but but I'm a I'm just a determined, stubborn son of a bitch, right? So I keep going back, and uh, so anyway, this year we get down there and literally day one in the afternoon. So like morning we hunt and we, and it's more like hunt near a spot. We want to set up trail cameras. And so we set up some trail cameras. We hunt, we set up some trail cameras and we go back in the afternoon and Ben just rockets back into a spot a mile or two back in that he had scouted the year before. And I'm not in a tree. And he's like, I didn't see the messages until I was up the tree, but it was before it was like, I was at the base of the tree and he must've been texting me and I had my phone in my hand. Yeah. I got up the tree to a spot I wanted to sit with a certain wind. And I look at my phone, and there's just a picture of Buck holding a, or a Ben holding a big ass buck head. Jeez. And it's like, what the hell? I mean, like, he scooted in there, he got up a tree, 10 minutes, here comes a hot doe, here comes a monster buck. It ended up scoring like 178. And it was the same, it was the nine pointer we had seen the year before, but it got wounded the year before. And now it was a 16 pointer. It scored less. This it it might have been bigger the year before. Huge. I mean, just like perfect Gosh. nine. Gosh. Huge tines the year before. Now it was less mass, but more just goofy shit hanging off of it. It had a double beam on one side. Jeez. It had a drop tine that would have made it like a one eighty five on the other side, but the drop tine had already been broken off, so it was a one seventy eight.
0: Holy shit!
1: Yeah. Like biggest buck. Does I he? Mean, does he even realize like? Being
0: no. such a new hunter, he,
1: does he realize? Now, now in his, he doesn't think it's easy. He knows it's a fluke. Yeah, okay. But he struggles. He struggles, and he'll acknowledge it. He struggles with the success he's had. That in one year he shot a one thirty five and a one seventy eight. Like doesn't happen. No, it's not a thing. No. Right for a new for a new hunter, but he's also he. Picks your brain non-stop. He watches content non-stop. Yeah. He spent 50 grand in hunting gear since he started. <laughs> I, like That's not a joke. I bet he has spent 50,000 bucks on hunting bows, stands. He has like four sets of sticks. He buys every new set of sticks Butchering that comes equipment. out. Butchering equipment. Like He wow. doesn't stop. He is non-stop at everything you can invest into a thing. He's just all in. Yeah. Let's send it. Let's go for it. And so part of his success is his time spent on studying it. And part of it is he just buys the success. Right. He buys, the. Re- he knows the, re- I mean, like, not that he buys my friendship. Like, he's right. a good dude. We're great friends. But, like, when we're hanging out, we're talking about what we're doing, where we're going hunting. Yep. And he's not, he's not just sitting there, like, let's talk about nonsense and stuff. He's like, what, if we do this, should we go that? Should we do this? What if the wind's doing this? And how right. does that work? And how does this work? Like, he's just constantly learning this stuff. So I don't want to take anything away from him. You, you still need to put yourself in the right spot, yeah. know where to go, know what to look for, know why you would go there, Well, yeah. and you don't do that unless you're, like, doing the right type of research and thinking about it the right way. So, like, good on him. He's still going to kill the damn deer. Yeah. This big yeah, one, so. that was
0: in in Illinois, correct?
1: Yeah, the 178 was in so Illinois. So that,
0: that's another thing, too, is, like, I mean, I went all the way into my thirties before I shot something over 120 inches. And, but I'm also hunting like where I'm hunting isn't, doesn't produce that. So, you know, yep. you guys are do the research and find the places that are going to produce stuff like that and put yourself into those, in those positions to, to shoot those deer, uh, have better opportunities. So that plays into it too, you know, and that come rolls back to the research and the learning and. You know, when I was growing oh, yeah. up, I never, I didn't even know that the reason I never saw those big deer was because I didn't hunt in an area that really had a lot of them. Um, same, same. You know, I didn't know. I was like,
1: I, I thought I was shooting big bucks, and then I learned they were 125. Hey, yeah, see these and bucks on like, the wall back shoot, here? <laughs> if I shoot something over a 125 where I'm from in Wisconsin, a big-ass deal. Yeah. Like, I've only eaten a couple bucks in my life that are over that. My
0: dad shot.
1: Even well, in it. Illinois, I've seen more big bucks than that than I've seen in my life.
0: My dad shot a. Uh, I'm looking at. I have three bucks on the wall above me. There are probably all. They're like, you know, little basket racks. Uh, when I my dad shot a 120, I can't remember how old I was. But I always complained that my spot that I sat in wasn't a good spot. And uh, so he would always tell me, let's switch, let's switch, let's switch. And I'd be like, no, I'm not switching. And I'd just complain about it. <laughs> he's like, well, if you're going to complain about it, stop you know, stop complaining about it. Or I, he said, I, I said I'd sit in your spot. So finally one night I said, okay, fine, you can sit, sit in my yeah. spot. And uh, he went over and sat in my spot. You know, we were hunting 20 acres. So it's like you had your spot. That's where you hunted. Um, And he called, calls me. He says he shot a buck. And I'm like. Oh, I heard the shot, you know, as I get back to the house at night and he comes in the house and he, he goes, you should have shot, you should have sat in your spot tonight. And I kind of, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You shot a buck, you know? And he goes, no, it's a wall hanger. (laughs) I was like, what is that? What do you mean? (laughs) So I remember when we, when we went out to find it, it was the first time I'd seen a buck that big, like. Other than like hanging on a you know buck pole or whatever, it was yeah. something that that we, sh- you know, that our my dad shot it and I could touch it and hold it. I'm like, and 120 inches really that's not that big of a buck. I mean,
1: it's a big buck. My dad's gonna listen to this and he's gonna be like, What the hell? That's a big buck. I mean, it <laughs> was in Wisconsin and Michigan, like, you see, a... Yeah. The- Eight a seven, eight or nine pointer. That's 120 inches, and you're like, hell yeah! Yeah, that's a big old buck. Yeah, you're getting a shoulder mount. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that's and, that's, that's like uh, 16 inches wide. Might yeah. be a two big two and a half year old, small three and a half year old, but they don't get much bigger. No, yet. no, and and then
0: you know when I shot, I shot one that was, it scored a 119, but it it was missing a G2 that was like the other one was like 18 inches, so it would have been in the 130s. And it was real wide and that that was even years later after that and then a couple of years later I shot a 135 and it was like or it was 132 I think. Um, I don't see but now I'm starting to put myself into more places because now that I've actually gotten into learning about deer hunting and mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at different states that produce bigger bucks and different areas that produce bigger bucks even in Michigan. Um, yep. But that all goes back to that this learning and but man, still two two bucks that of that I mean I, I the other guys in Times Up Outdoors are are straight up killers and that would be even they that would be impressive for them. They're you know, like two two in one year and one that's it's over hundred and seventy inches. It's insane.
1: And and the fact that I mean like it was day one.
0: Yeah, that's it, it insane. was. It was actually a day
1: we didn't even plan on hunting. We went down a day early to go on uh, to go meet. Um, what's his face from Working Class working Bowhunter? Bow, we went, yeah, Working Class hunter Yeah, we went and hung all those guys how, for a day. How did so that? We
0: how did that happen? Like,
1: what? What were you guys? Did? How do you know? Just, I don't know him. Oh. I just, I just went down there. I so. so I listen to working class yeah. here and there, like mostly in the fall. It, it amps me up. I like I like when they're telling deer hunt stories. They yep. do a good job of telling a story. Um, and so um, I messaged Kurt just randomly in like September. And I was like, hey, man, coming through uh, probably in November. Would love to just like BS and drink some beer with you. And I got a podcast. And I I as a business owner, I'm interested in hearing your business owner story. Like you got this podcast that's starting to turn into a job for you and a business for you. So what is that like? You 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 literally turned your passion into your professional. And and how and what and why and what is what does it feel like and what do you what where is the upside and all that stuff. Just all the questions you have. I mean, it's the same. It was a short podcast because I did it with him when he was on the road going up to his hunt in Mon- Montana Wyoming yeah. Wyoming. So it was just an hour and he's on the phone. I had the same episode after you introduced me to Ernie and Greg from, from um, tethered like that was super cool we did we went like damn near two and a half hours with those guys three hours
0: yeah both Just, of those both you know, of those guys were cool both of those
1: super, episodes were cool episodes super cool episodes I mean like it's a cool way for me to turn finance and business and hunting all into the same thing um, yeah which absolutely. Is what I like it's it's this weird like if I can if I can wrap that all into one podcast and talk about business and finance with something that own someone that owns a hunting related business. I just I'm sitting there with like a boner the whole episode. You know? <laughs> um, but, but so that was super cool. And then and so we got we went down and hung out with Kurt for an evening before that Illinois hunt, but it was like he had a bunch of people in town. It was the rut. So we were trying to be respectful of his time too. Right. Like, hey, when our, when our, between all of your shit that you need to shoot and and host and when you want to hunt. And when we're, we happened to be coming down, so we went down, like, a day early. And the fact that we went down there a day early and started... We, we didn't get down to our hunting spot until 9 a.m., and so we hunted, like, late morning, put cameras up, went to the bar, had some lunch and a beer, and then, like, went back out for the evening, and that's when Ben shot his buck. and uh, First night. And it was... But but thank God he did, because it was that stretch where it went from, like, 40 and 50 degrees to, like, 70 to 80 degrees oh, highs gosh. for the rest of the week. And so so we kept hunting, but for the next four or five days, it was garbage. Yeah. I shot it go one day, and we bumped a couple bucks. My dad, we, we, we were, like, accessed from this other spot. My dad went in. He had a climber stand, and he was going to go, like... He had a stand on the tree. He went down, went back to the truck to, like, take a nap. Woke up, was going to go back in, and another guy was there in his truck. And there was a climber stand on a tree, which is illegal on in this section of public. Oh, really? You can't, like, stand in the woods. But the dude was like, well, I got the stand in there. I'm like, I just came running out from work and blah, blah, blah. And my stand's over here. And my dad's like, yeah, I'm right next to it. I saw it there. Like... <laughs> You, you know, hunt it. I'll go find another spot. So my dad went in with him. My dad pulled his stand. I forget where the hell he went. But that night on the trail camera, that dude was dragging out a big eight-pointer. Oh, man. Like, literally, like, right where my dad was. And I was like, dude, it's public land, Dad. You were you're there. He's not. Yeah. That's your spot, man. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter that his shit's there. It's public land. You're there. That sucks. He wasn't there. So, so, like, and my dad grew up hunting private. Like, we have 160 acres of private in Wisconsin. I guess he didn't grow up hunting private, right. but for a long time he has. And so I think he could have respectfully been like, well, here's where I am. You can come and get your stand and move. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, but here's where I'm sitting. And I've been here. Yeah. Today. And so so you can come get your stand and move, or you can sit right the fuck next to me if you want to be that guy, but there's no, it's public land, you can't, like, claim a spot on the stand. So anyway, and then it just went downhill from there. It was, like, downhill until the last day, It literally the high temp went from 70 degrees, and, and Ben and I were out hunting just a different piece of public just to go scout it out, and we were in a tree... And he, since he had already shot his buck, like, we just go sit and we have all the filming gear and stuff like that. So we're just, like, sitting on our saddles, sitting opposite each other on the They're same so tree. so cute. We're hilarious. It's epic. It's epic. <laughs> How- oh, like, man. It's, it's, it's actually so much fun. We have it's, so much uh, it's a bla-
0: fun. It's a blast saddle gear. hunting with another person. It's fun. Dude, it's
1: so, like one set of sticks and you just go up Dude, and it's so like you fun. whisper. You're right next to each other. So it's like, nope, nothing can hear You're up there. Yeah. And you're just. Tr- it's just makes hunting so much fun, yeah. Um, especially like with a dude that that's just a really funny, like, funny, dude. yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's a like, we're, we're, we're laughing so much that I'm surprised we see anything. Dude, it's, it's funny it's, because my buddy Steve and
0: me, uh, we've, well, I've, I've saddle hunted with a couple other people, but Steve and I did Ohio, uh, and he shot a buck first thing in the morning. Like, we drove, we left at like we left really, really early in the morning to get down there and try a piece of the public that was like forty minutes from where we were going. And um, mm-hmm. our plan was to leave early enough to get to that spot before the sun came up, go sit, hunt, and then go to where we were going. And we did. And he shoots a nine point. So for the rest of the weekend, we're there. He sat, he saddle hunted with me, and I'm like, and it was the first time we'd ever hunted together. We'd never hunted. We'd never really even hung out we didn't know each other that well and uh we were <laughs> just like
2: well, that's one way to get to know yeah somebody.
0: yeah and the it was just like so so much laughing that i'm like there's no way we're gonna but we still saw bucks like i i came to full draw on on a buck um which was even is another funny thing because he saw it and he's like shooter 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 and I'm like, I'm amped now. So I, I look, and I'm like, there's a buck. There it is. All right. I pulled my bow back, and he just never gave me a shot. Well, later on, we watched the footage. And uh, it first, Steve didn't even turn the camera on record because he didn't know how to use it. And then we got, but I had a GoPro going, so that got the footage. It was such a small buck. And <laughs> I was like, dude, you had me thinking that thing was like a... 200 inch block but it's just the way it's, it's so much fun filming and and, and hunting with another, with a buddy deer hunting is I, I really do enjoy it I n- right. never thought I really would because deer hunting to me kind of is my
1: like alone time but
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's fun man it's, it's a lot of fun I hear a lot of like you, you hear the people that legit have hunting shows complain about having a the cameraman there yeah but I think it's different when it's like you and your buddy trading off. It's not a cameraman. Yes. It's a hunting buddy yes. to keep another set of eyes and to like keep you alert and joke around. And yeah, yeah. like you might botch more stuff yep. than, than you add on. but like, I don't care. Ben and I reflect a lot that it's like, we're just out here to shoot some deer and fill the freezer. Yeah. We don't care if we shoot a bunch no. of big bucks. It's going to happen. Because yeah. we're out there. and if you And if you don't have fun while you're out there... You're not going to stay out there. Well, I don't care if you're on your phone or talking to a buddy. You're better off dicking around on your phone or talking to a buddy than you are not being out there. Yeah, and and, uh, and the thing I think with guys that
0: have, like, legit shows, like, it's they, ha- they got to shoot something. So, like, that pressure that they have probably makes... It' not fun. Period. Just like having the camera guy in the yeah. tree is just an added thing. But for us, we film for our show. But at the end of the day, we do the show for fun, and you know, we're providing content that's to me more realistic than than uh, some of the shows that are out there. And and I don't have a deadline. I don't have a. You know, there isn't a, there isn't a, there isn't pressure like that. So I can have fun uh, and not care. And have a having, having a guy in the tree filming you or you filming somebody else. Um, you know, when we went to Ohio, it was funny. This guy, Tyler, he just started hunting with us last year and uh, or two years ago. And he, uh, he shot, I think he shot, yeah, he shot a buck. The, he went up the day before and he shot a buck. So when we got there, he was like, oh, I'll just film somebody. So he came with me. Well, we went and did a bunch of scouting. We found the spot and uh, we we get to we get out there and we get out of the truck and he's like, dude, I left my saddle at the campground, which was like twenty minutes away. <laughs> so I'm like, Whatever. See you later. Go get it, and then I'm gonna go walk out to the spot that I think I'm gonna set up in and I'll send you an on X pin. And uh, I know he thought that I was mad at him because he didn't know me very well. And uh, like he works on the ambulance at the firehouse that I used to work work at. And he's like, you know, junior to me. And I know he was like in his own head thinking like I probably pissed him off and this is ruining his son. Because of the way he was acting, I could just tell that he did feel that way. And I'm, I'm just like, dude, nothing about this is upsetting to me. It's upsetting to me that you are probably pissed that you got to now drive back yeah, there.
1: It's upsetting that you're thinking that this is upsetting. Yeah, but
0: I don't care. I like, I'm going out to my spot, and when you get here, you get, and he 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 showed up probably 45 minutes later and climbed up in the tree, and I ended up missing a, a big ass eight point that night. Shot right mm-hmm.
1: over its back. <laughs> But but I mean like the nice thing is you, you got in there. Nothing was you creeping in and setting everything up. Nothing was gonna come by for the next half hour anyway, yeah. unless it was like a hot dough run around yeah. after Bucks. But you would have shot it anyway, whether he was coming or not. Yep. It didn't matter so, to me.
0: And it didn't matter.
1: I think that's the
0: that's what it like that's what the most important part about all of it and even goes back to like the food aspect of it. Like the the amount of like Money, time, memories, everything that goes into it. It's it makes it all special. I I love hunting with a buddy. It's it's a lot of fun. It's cool. How
2: about a six-year-old. Do you like hunting with a
0: six-year-old? <laughs> you know I do, but it's a day you you have to lower your expectations to the floor on that. Um, yeah, I hunted with Owen this year. Uh, he's four. All right. Um, So we went out and sat in a blind, a ground blind, on a food plot at my dad's in December. And I brought his iPad and I put headphones on his ears and he sat there. And I know people will say, oh, that's not hunting. You're, You're on your iPad. Well, he's four. So if I wanted him to sit out there long enough to experience shooting a deer... Uh, or dad shooting a deer, I, I knew that the iPad was the key. And it worked. He he watched the iPad and every now and then I'd bump him, Hey look there's deer Hey, look for deer and he would. He would look around and then he would go back and then finally I the doe came in and I said, Buddy, there's a deer there and he goes he looks up, he goes, Shoot it <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Alright. So it was cool though. It was a lot of fun. You
2: did?
0: Yeah, yeah, I shot it and he was pretty pumped about it.
2: That's so awesome. And then our girls,
0: we've hunted. I've, I think, Addie shot her first deer at seven, I like on her own.
2: Whoa! Uh,
0: both of them actually. I believe both of them shot their first deer when they were seven. Uh, Addie's gonna be seven this fall.
2: You gotta get her ready. Yeah, Let's
0: go. you know what? You know what helped too is I used um the first year, I used a phone scope, so you like it's a mount that goes on the scope of the gun and you put your phone on it where the camera goes through the scope and then you turn your camera on your phone so you can see what they're aiming at
1: Um, oh yeah i do have i mean i have the magnet view yeah yeah
0: so like they're not looking through the scope they're also looking at your phone screen too but that way i was able to like i had it on a good rest you know we were in a a wood blind, so they just put it on the windowsill, and um, but I let them do it. We practiced shooting, and then I and then I said, okay, you know they aimed, and all I had to do is say, yeah, you're good. Pull the trigger. So that was That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, it was cool. They've all they've they've. Sh- Aubrey didn't get a deer last year, but Addie did. But yeah, they've been shooting one every year since.
1: Nice. Yeah, but- I shot one with Danny, when she was five. We were out bow hunting on the ground on public land, and we shot one in the first like that. 30 minutes. Just stupid. And just last year, we went out to the same area, sat in a different spot, and uh, the way I would say it is, three deer saw us. <laughs> <laughs> it's different than we saw three deer. Three deer saw us. Yeah. Very similar, just a little different. Well, but,
0: shooting a deer... On public land with a five-year-old is impressive. On the ground. Yeah. Yes. The ground. That's yeah. impressive. I mean, shooting a deer on public
1: land, period, is impressive. That's that's how I feel about it. I, uh, so I got to do it. So, so now this is Dan as a podcast host doing his podcast <laughs> host thing again. So the Illinois hunt and then the all the shit we made. Yeah. You're yeah. Back. Yeah. We're coming back. Go back. Um, Circle back. I've had some drinks. I've had some drinks, but I'm coming back. <laughs> All right. So Ben shoots his buck day one. Yep. Unofficial day one, like accidental day one, because we just went down to hang out with Kurt from working last boner. Yep. And uh, and my dad and I are down there with him, and and like I kept hunting through the heat, and and. It's still the run, right? So it's still, who knows? Something could happen. Anything could happen. That night that the cold front blew in, literally, so Ben and I are hunting, like, in the same tree across from each other. We have the film and shit. I don't think we filmed anything, but we're just BSing. And, it, and we heard two bucks just smashing together. And it was it, they were not small bucks. Like, you can tell when small bucks are tinkling their antlers, and you can tell when big bucks are beating the shit out of each other. Yeah and we were we almost went down to this creek bottom but we decided to post up on the top of the hill and they were down in the creek bottom and we're like oh man like if we were down there we would have like we would have been in it who knows how big they were and if we would have got a shot but we're sitting across from each other and i mean it's like that day is the highest 70. right and we're sitting in the tree and i i've been out fishing when this happened i've never been in the deer woods when this happened it was 70 and it was nice out and there was a light breeze and then you start seeing these clouds roll in and it's right at dusk and so like the clouds rolling in kind of disappears and you just can't it's like that half light when things are getting dark and all of a sudden you feel the breeze start to pick up out of almost the exact opposite direction and the temp dropped 15 to 20 degrees within seconds oh wow it was 40 degrees within seconds and like and trending towards 30 Hmm. That's good. Yeah, That's funny. exciting. Yeah, it was like okay, but but raining also. Oh, I was no. like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and like and tomorrow's our last day, and so let's just go back and we're gonna hunt the hell out of tomorrow and hopefully the rain stops before tomorrow. But it's but it was a forty degree temp change. Like the high of the next day was in the thirties. It was a forty degree temp drop. Yeah, and so Ben and I go out and we sit in a spot. We got five cell cams out. I mean, and, and this is like my love hate with cell cams is we never would have shot the buck that I shot without cell cams, but I almost feel like we never would have shot the buck that I shot without a cell cam. <laughs> you know, that, it almost seems like we picked the wrong spot, and then we're like, "Oh, this ain't the right spot. We should go to a different spot." Yeah, right, okay. right. Okay, we had immediate data, right? So we went sure. to a spot, and and we might have shot a ten, we might have shot a two hundred inch buck if we would have stayed in the spot we were. I don't know. But we were in a spot, sat there, weather was perfect, it was a little chilly, I mean it was like 30 out, and um, dropped his phone, which he's like notorious for, usually he does it out of a boat into the water and loses a $1,400 phone, but instead <laughs> at least it landed on the ground. Um, but But so we're like sitting in this tree, in a spot where we've seen big bucks before, and while we're there... We have a cell cam that's literally right next to a parking lot. Like, right next to a parking lot on this little sliver of public across from the road that nobody would ever hunt ever. And two big bucks walked by it before nine, 8 a.m. also. No say kidding. It. And so it's like 9 a.m. and I'm like... We're, but the whole time we're like, we picked the wrong spot. And I had sat there the first afternoon when he shot... Or I guess the first morning when I went to put that camera there. I sat there like... We've never hunted over here. It's right next to the parking lot. It's this little sliver across from the road. There's always tracks and rubs in there, but I can't imagine anybody ever hunts it. Yeah. Let let me just put a camera over here, and I'll go sit there because the wind's right for it for whatever that afternoon was that first day we got there. Right. We didn't hunt it since, but we had multiple big buck pictures on it. Literally, like, big buck pictures as they're crossing the road. Like the camera takes a picture of them as they're about to cross the damn road. No way. And so, so we're like, well, those two bucks are probably long gone. Neither was huge, but both shooters, you know, like for me, anything that's over 125, yeah, I'm shooting it. Yeah. If it's three and a half years old and 125, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, get a clip. for sure. I don't know what you just did, but you clicked off of where we can see Zeke Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Oh, no. So, um, so the last day, we get these two big buck pictures, like, on our cell phones. We're like, we just got to get the hell over there, right? So we drop down. Now, it's like 930 when we jump down, and we haven't heard from my dad all morning. Yeah. My dad's not too far from there. He was he saw seven bucks that morning. He shot at one, missed it. He has a crossbow. He has no idea how he missed it. We assume it got deflected, but he didn't see, a, like, a trophy buck. He's a few hundred yards from the spot, on the other side of the road, and uh, so we get all set up. We don't really like it, but we're set up, and uh, and we're like, I got to go check on my dad because he's not responding, and he's mid sixties, and he yeah. knows, right? And so I go and look at him. And I get to within fifty yards, and he's up in a tree, and he has no idea I'm there. And I'm like, <laughs> man, what? Like, what are you missing? If I, if me. If I got to within 50 yards and you had no idea I was there, right? Um, like, I ain't tiptoeing like a freaking deer tiptoes. That's awesome. But it turned out he had dropped his phone while he was going up his climber. So that was why he wasn't responding. But at least I got eyes on him. I verified he was okay. And then, um, like you do when you're out public land hunting, before I got back to my spot, I was like, damn, I got to take a shit. I take a shit. And then I went back to my tree stand. <laughs> what? You gotta got do what you gotta do, you gotta do what anyway. you gotta do, yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. So then I get back to where Ben is, and Ben's like, Well, it's the last day. Well, you're getting up, I might as well get down and go pack stuff up at yeah. the Airbnb that we had. We, we, I take it back, I got back, and this was like 11 o'clock now. I got up, we switched trees. We got into a different tree because we didn't really love the first tree. And, and now, this is a problem with two hunters, especially when you're both type A, is you're like, I want to go here. No, I want to go here. No, well, you already filled your tag. Like, I get to pick. We're going in this tree. This tree sucks for this reason. And you're just like, button heads, button heads, button heads. So we did that for a while. And finally, we're like, okay, this tree, we're going up. He's not loving it. I'm not loving that. He's not loving it. But it's just like, this. I feel like this is where we got to be. I'm the one shooting. Here's where we gotta go. and I mean, it's like it's like 10 yards to the side. Right? But it's just the shooting angles are a little different and getting up higher and all that stuff. And we're up there and it's windy as shit but it's cold out and so you're just like shivering and freezing your balls off. And all of a sudden it's like here comes a buck and the little year and a half comes scoot past us and it's like, holy shit, he came from nowhere. And then all of a, and it's like, here's a buck and there's a different buck coming from the other way. Like 20 minutes later and it's like, holy shit, like they're 20 yards away before you know they're there. Yes. It's just windy enough that it's loud in the woods. And it's totally midday. It's like freaking noon. And all of a sudden, I think I look back over my shoulder and a doe is coming from behind me, like 20 yards. And it looks like she's coming from across. We're right next to the road. It looks like she's coming from across the road. And that, and so I'm like kind of eyeballing her. And she's got her mouth hanging up. And I'm like, there's a buck following her. There has to be a buck following her. Yeah. I'm like, Ben, keep and he's he's on the other side of the tree, he has a better view. I just happen to see her first. And like, keep watching, keep watching. And he's like, there he is, there he is. And I'm like, where? Like, I can't I can't see this damn deer. Oh. And all of a sudden, like, I just catch some antlers coming through. I mean, like, five seconds after he said he saw him, I, I couldn't see him, I couldn't see him, and all of a sudden he's in my view. But he's like 40 yards away through enough trees where it's like he would have to stop. And I would have to just thread the needle yeah. the needle, you know. Yes. And he never stopped. She saw us or smelled us, and started working off. And so he, instead of him following her to 20 yards away and then following her away, right? He just cut the angle. Mm-hmm. And so he never got within 40 yards. And it's like I you just see just big mainframe beams, and you're just like, oh, I don't know what he was, but I know I, I, I would have shot him. Yeah. And and so it's like, man, we were here for a two deer went right past our trail camera who knows how many other deer went past this area that morning and now we've been here for an hour and we saw three bucks and a hot doe come through like all either this way or that way yeah this is just a hub they want to come through and so we sat there for another hour didn't see anything and he's like i'm gonna go back to the airbnb and pack up my stuff and whatever and i'm like well I'm going to stick the rest of the day, and we're supposed to head out tomorrow morning bright and early, but maybe I get up super early and hunt for just a couple hours right here. Like, clearly, they want to go through here, and there's... Like, this is a very hilly area in Illinois, if you can imagine that. And so they're, like, trying to get down, up and down these big gullies. And yeah, the thing and yeah.
0: Yeah, my buddy hunts in Illinois, t- tells me about the train there.
1: Yeah, and, and so... um I'll say maybe there was a half hour before dark, and I heard, you know, something moving around, and I'm looking, and there's a big, big draw over to my right side, and I see a doe just kind of moving. Like, she's not being pushed, nothing chasing her. It looks like a year and a half old, maybe, not a big doe, nothing following her around. But it's like, okay, the deer are on their feet, like, they, they took a little break. There's a movement going on. The wind's calming down, so I can actually... I mean, she's 100 yards away, and I, like, heard something, you know, a drumming. So, kind of watching that way. And she she slowly fades off. And then I hear another noise 10, 15 minutes later, maybe. And I assume it's her, but now it's kind of out more in front of me. But it was the way she was going. And then all of a sudden... And this is, like, classic bow hunting, right? All of a sudden it's like... Oh, there goes a gray squirrel! Well, son of a bitch! Like, I heard something and I grunted at it, right? Because <laughs> I grunted at it, and I'm like, I I grunted at a gray squirrel. Well, just <laughs> yeah, like this, like it's just like classic where you're like, totally a deer, totally a deer. Nope, it's a damn squirrel, and there goes the squirrel scooting across. And then within 30 seconds, all of a sudden it was like. And I'm like, nope, that was back where that first sound was, where the squirrel came from, and and all of a sudden this buck just materializes from around the pine tree, and he's like 25 yards coming right at me. And so he had heard my grunt, and I think yeah. it was probably him that heard it in the first place, not the squirrel. The squirrel's probably out the damn tree, but I got distracted by the squirrel, and uh, and he came and he just like came right at me, came right at me, came right at me to within 10 yards. I'll say. In the year before, like I mentioned, I wounded two bucks in there the year before. Yeah, Oath, both 125 to 135 bucks. One could have been 150, but it had one stunted side. The other was like a nice, just like 125, 130 inch A pointer. Uh, the bigger one that I wounded, we uh, I have pictures of it, like it died. We found it. Um, I flag pulled it right in the top of the neck. <laughs> Shot it right, be- it was facing me five yards away. I shot it right between the brow chines, tried to spine it, it dropped, and then it got up and ran away. And we never found it. And and they it was found a month later, like still alive, but couldn't stand up. It was, oh, just wow. it was like everything you don't want to have happen, yeah, that you, you you like dread happened to that deer. It's the worst thing, terrible. So, if this is oh. this up comes into me now. He's coming straight at me, which is what this other the buck did the year before. Ten yards away. It's like shooting damn near straight down. And I'm just like, don't spine him. Don't spine him. Don't spine him. Don't try to spine him. Like, that that was literally what I was trying to do the year before, was just shoot straight down on him through the spine. And I yeah. thought I could get to the titles. it didn't happen. <laughs> so this buck, this buck is coming at me. And I'm like, he's so close now. He's ten yards away. The wind isn't really doing much, but it's like the thermals are going to, he's downhill of me. The thermals are going to start carrying my scent down to him. And I'm I'm really good at scent control, but I've also been out there for an entire day and been marching back and forth and took a dump and went and found my dad. And like, I can't be scent proof anymore. Yeah. Right. It's been a full day. And not that you're scent proof ever, but I I worked my ass off at scent control. And if it was the morning, I would have been like, I don't think you can smell me. But in the evening, I'm like, I'm fucked. Right. (laughs) So so, he's coming to like 10 yards, and and he just happens to like, he's still facing, but he turns his shoulder enough where I'm like, I think I can get between the spine and his shoulder, shooting down and into the body cavity, and I think I can kill this deer. And he's so close, I can't miss that shot. He's 10 yards away, right? And so I just let her rip. And the way that spine goes and drops into their neck and then back up, I still ended up hitting his spine, even, like, going over the front shoulder. I went over his front shoulder fine, but I still hit enough of his spine. It just flat out dropped him. No shit. And I'll never forget the look on his face. He reared up. He, He was immobilized immediately, but he reared up and looked at me like, this this is just my read of his facial expression. I don't know if deer have facial expressions, but he looked he looked right at me. This is like slow motion. He looked right at me, and, and his face said, "The fuck are you doing there?" <laughs> like, what? I'm and like, and I don't blame him. I'm fifty yards <laughs> off the road in this little sliver across a parking lot in Nobody a spot no here. human could ever be, and and this deer is a five and a half year old buck. Scored Damn. a 152 ish with with a broken G three. I think it would have been like 155 otherwise. Um, and he just looked at me like, "Dude, I've come through here for five years and nobody Nobody's has ever been, been here." Like, <laughs> what are you doing there? Wow. Um, and and but but the beauty of it was like, I mean, I dropped him. It had to be within 20 yards, 10 yards of the public private border. I mean, it's just this little sliver of nothing on public land across from a parking lot. Yeah. And, and, like, I had to drop him there. Yeah. I had to drop him where I was going to be seeking permission for tra- tracking this deer. But he just happened to just drop. And then I went, I proceeded to go through $100 with the arrows because he's laying there looking at me like, what the hell was that? Oh, and God. every time you shoot a deer that's laying there and they move, they break. Your broadhead is shot, right? If they're yeah. not shooting expandable G5s or whatever. So your broadhead shot and your arrow snaps. <laughs> so I went through three arrows and three broadheads. Oh, so I'm out of $100. Bucks. But I got a sweet ass buck. Got my biggest buck of my life. Yeah, uh, right there. And, and uh, the beauty of it is, uh, I don't know what you are saying. Thank goodness, it was like nine hundred bucks for that shoulder mount. <laughs> um, but um, this is a really easy drag. It was a nice drag. Yeah, you are right and there. It was the girth measurement. So I didn't. We didn't weigh the deer, but we we had a tape measure thing that says like girth is this, weight's that. The the dressed weight was two hundred and forty pounds. Wow. It was a tank. That's a big that's a big deer. It was, it was the biggest deer I've ever seen. It, yeah. it, and again, so like Ben shot that 178 or whatever it was. My buck put his buck like body wise. His, his was a eight seven and a half or eight and a half year old buck. Like people knew about it. It was yeah. being chased. Um so my buck made his buck look pretty small. Really? Body wise.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. That's wild.
1: Crazy.
2: I'm just glad you got one on the last day in the final hour.
1: <laughs> you. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad, glad, you I'm glad too. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta take a piss. All right. Can you guys talk about venison stuff? Yeah, let's take a do a it. You come back. Yep. You gotta talk about venison stuff, and then I'll come back and talk about um the venison processing. You got yeah. Got venison processing to talk about. Shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he starts on a hunting story and he can't stop. No, he
0: can't. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. So, so that uh, that's filled the freezer. A lot of meat.
2: It it sure did. <laughs> you know, it's the fall is definitely around hunting. We spend most of the the fall either going back to where his family has land um, to shoot deer, or he's going on different trips. Ideally, someday we all go, or some combination of us go. I I took up archery last. Christmas last fall, last spring, we were in archery league and um, by the end it was I don't know a twenty week season. I beat Dan in the last match of the the year. Oh wow! It was was pretty fun. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try like um my shots pretty good um but I'm gonna try to shoot a deer this year. I've shot with with the gun of course but that's cool bows, so. that's i
0: want to get my wife into it we we i got her to hunt last year for the first time and i we just brought a crossbow um because it was bow season and uh but i would like to get her shooting a, a actual bow and she had fun so i i think she would have a lot of fun getting into the just learning the process of shooting a, an actual bow and Getting to the point where you think you're comfortable enough to shoot a deer.
2: Hey, you know, we did this archery league and it was 3D animal shoots. So every Monday we'd go and you would shoot two rounds and they would have, you know, raccoon or deer or, I don't know, turkey, whatever. Different different kind of foam mounts
1: snake. snake. Snake,
2: spider, you know, just yeah. different things. Um, and that was really fun. And so over the course of the 15 week or whatever it was, 20 week season, I got pretty good. Yeah. But then taking the bow out in the field is a totally different game, right? Where you got to actually climb a tree. You got to stand on a little tiny platform. You got to be quiet. You got to pull back without (laughs) the deer seeing you. You know, it's a a
0: whole nother ball game.
2: It's a whole nother ball game. So I'm looking forward to going after it again this, this fall.
0: Yeah, and she she told me she kicked your butt last year.
2: By the end of the season,
1: it was so cool. I mean, like, I know she's a good shot, but she doesn't know she's a good shot type of thing, right? Because yeah. if you don't, if you don't get around enough other people shooting the bow, you don't know how good you are. And right. So we'd shoot league, and I would shoot, and I I would miss, right? Like so every once in a while, I hit like right where you need to hit. And I'd be like, just aim for my arrow, but don't hit my arrow. <laughs> most of the time, most of the time, you even at twenty yards, right? You're still missing by an inch. Yeah, inch and a half, like maybe two inches left, right, up and down, whatever. Well, and with three
2: D animal shoots, you can't see where you're shooting, so it's like you think you kind of know. Yeah, you where you shoot need at, to the, shoot, at but... the
1: circle, and then you put up the, the binos, and you're like, oh no, you got to shoot an inch and a half to the right. Up and like in so if you can see my arrow, shoot this way of my arrow, and I give her an instruction and be like, "Swap." How was that? And I'd be like, "That's pretty much right, right there. Like that's the one." Yeah. So, so like she, she could literally hit within a lifesaver of exactly where I said. That's awesome. Go this way of my arrow. Yeah. Um. So either she's just really fucking lucky, or she's actually like a pretty good shot. Yeah. Um. But it is. It is. There's a there's a definite progression from being good at target shooting to being good in the field, right? Yeah, the, ju- sure. the distance judgment and the moving away or coming towards you, or quartering away or they're and they're, all the
2: extra layers yeah. and the
1: yeah you got to just the, or you just gotta be like Ben and just be really lucky yeah that's the, a really good dist- way to go actually if you can pull that off that's a really I good way to go. to go
0: the distance too like fake you know. You got to know the distances and then still be able to remember. I mean, when the, when they come in, you usually don't have the time to range them. I mean, you got to have spots picked out and, where and it was I missed 25 the, yard spot and 20, you know, 30 yard spot and then remember all that. And
1: There was one year where, and I would have, before I missed, I would. My mom eventually shot the buck, and so I know how big it is, and it wasn't that big, but I missed it, and when I missed it, I thought it was like 140-inch deer. It was just, it was like a a two-and-a-half-year-old nine-pointer, Yeah. but it ran by real fast, and it was nice and wide, just real thin, and uh, I missed the hell out of that thing, and I shot my 30-yard pin at it. I was like, I ranged everything, and then after I missed it, I was like, Oh shit, that was that's a twenty yard tree. tree. <laughs> yeah, yes, all those sailed tracks. it. I yeah. just sailed that damn thing. Yep. <laughs> but I don't like dicking around with my range finder when they're coming in. Like I know I, me I'll, I'll to have the spots range found ahead of time. And yep. if I have time I'll range it. Or that's part of the benefit of hunting with somebody else, is like, I'm shooting, you ranging. Um so Marty does some range finding for me, but that was like when Ben shot that buck, I was like, It's twenty four yards away. Like just put your twenty on it. And yeah. really. I'm
0: surprised Ben doesn't have the the sight that tells you how far stuff is. Yeah, I'm kinda of surprised too. I think
1: <laughs> he actually um I forget what it's called, but there's one that like makes an angle like a curved V. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, he's he was all about that. I don't know if he's still all about it. He loves trying all the new shit. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you gotta try this thing. I'm like, Ben, like, I get that you love a thumb release. Yeah. I've been shooting a trigger release for 30 Forever. years. Yeah. And that's and and I don't I don't need to learn a new thing. Yeah. Like I don't I don't I I shoot really good with the thumb with with a trigger release. The thumb release is probably for some people, but that's I've how shot I feel. A trigger 10,000 times. Yeah. So I don't I get why you need to figure out what feels good for you. And I appreciate that. And you're going to stumble <laughs> upon some shit. And I want you to tell me about all the shit. Because there's some stuff where I'm, I'm turning into an old stubborn man. Yeah, yeah, right. It because it's the way that I do it. And so I want to know all the new shit you learned that I'm not even seeking to learn. Because I've done this for so long. Right. But I'm not going to change my release, man. I just yeah. want the trigger release. My I buddy, have no problem pulling a trigger.
0: My buddy's been trying to get me into the uh, heavy arrow stuff. He's, he went down the heavy arrow rabbit hole and built his arrows out and, they're, and they're, I'm just like, I don't have time to build those and then redo everything and I just don't have the time to. I'm just going to keep shooting the same arrows that, I've, that I don't seem Here, to have a
1: problem with. Here's a weird... Um, I don't... I'm a business math person so I don't know words good. <laughs> and so this... This is not an analogy or a metaphor, but it's really close to one of those two things, okay? Yep. Which is, my basketball coach when I was a freshman in high school was a legit basketball stud. Like, played really good college b-ball, and he played against Jason Kidd. When Jason Kidd was, like, a stud, obviously went pro, now he's a coach in the NBA. Yep. And, like, that was his nemesis. That was his, like, top rival. Okay. And so, like, dude, dude could shoot some hoops. He was like six one. Yeah. He wasn't a tall dude. He was just a good ball player. Yeah. And he, and he said something that I will never forget, and it applies to archery and any other thing where you need to aim, which is this: good shooters don't miss left or right, and miss long or short, because it's a distance judgment. Huh. And that always stuck with me, and it's so crucial in archery. And the guys that are shooting heavy arrows, forget about that. Yeah. Because you don't miss left or right. Right, right. You miss because you judge the distance. The distance is wrong. wrong. And if the distance changes five yards in your arrow, and you have to compensate multiple inches for your arrow dropping because you're shooting a really heavy arrow, yeah. that's a problem. Because the biggest problem isn't where you hit the... It, it is where you hit the deer. The biggest problem isn't your force or this or that it's your fucking mask like going through the the right spot of that body yeah if you have a a super penetrating arrow and you hit just the brisket or super high because your distance judgment is a yard off or two yards off that's a bigger problem than having too light of an arrow not fully penetrating a deer but hitting it in the right spot so right. I'd much rather hit in the right spot and not pass all the way through than hit it in the wrong spot and pass all the way through. Yeah. And so, so that's that's me, right? That's me personally. I did go with a little bit heavy area, heavier arrow because for white tails I don't need to shoot 70 yards. If right. I was going out west, I'd figure out I'd make sure I could shoot 70, 80 yards. But, like, 50 is as long of a shot as I'm going to take.
0: Yeah, and so I
1: did put a little bit more FOC in my arrow this year, but I'm not Shit. shooting just like 600 grains, you know, right? And, and just like well, I'm, I want to say that's I'm what my buddy overpowering shooting. my whitetails is all so.
0: <laughs> Right. Well, and I've had my G5 Montec go through the shoulders on whitetails and you know bust through it and had no problem. But I mean, I get, I get what. The whole allure is to it, but at the same time, I feel like what I have is not broken, so I don't really want to fix it.
1: Do you shoot, um, this is a Montac, a fixed blade? Yes. Okay. Yep. I've been shooting the, the expandable G5s that do like a, a three blade two inch cut. Like yeah. One's a yep. two inch cut. Um, and I appreciate the accuracy. They definitely don't penetrate, which if I was shooting your broadhead and I spined this deer that I was shot last year, yeah. I'd hit vitals and it would have died.
0: Yeah, probably. The world worse. that I
1: spined it with did not get through oh. the backbone ver- where the backbone and the shoulder come together. It yeah. did not go through that. At 10 yards, I'm wow. shooting 330 feet per second. It didn't get through that. Wow. Those blades are sharp as shit. Yeah. When I'm shooting a heavy FOC arrow. It still didn't get through that. So there's definitely something about fixed blade versus expandable, where it's yeah. like your penetration is crazy different. I still think the accuracy is the most important part. And I'll say, I if th- all I'm shooting, if all I'm shooting is twenty yard shots, twenty yard bad shots. Yeah. That, like I shouldn't have taken that shot. Is what I'm saying. those that, yeah. that was probably a dumb shot. <laughs> but I am shooting at 40 yards broadside, and with that 2-inch 3-blade expandable, I've hit deer in shitty places with, n- and no issues of finding them, right? It's yeah. so forgiving when you're shooting a deer broadside. It's just not forgiving when you take a dumbass shot through it, it's like intentionally like I just did there where I'm shooting down between the spine and the shoulder. So I think it's, it's matching your shot decision with your broadhead is super important. Yep. If you're gonna shoot a total broadside deer with a with a fixed blade that doesn't like is one inch instead of two inches, you got to be tight to the shoulder. Yeah. Mess mess with that shoulder. If you're shooting a two inch expandable, yeah, they can be super sharp. Just don't mess with the shoulder. Yeah. Right. And and don't shoot them head on like Dan Plata does (laughs) because like you you're gonna wound two and then get the third one, but you're gonna be about one for three and it's gonna be a bad it's gonna be bad decisions and you gotta learn from that. So I still I still rec- like reckon with that decision for me all yeah. the time because I feel like the expandable is more accurate. I'm way more confident with it. Yep, but I but I still take stupid shots. Yeah, I'm the man I do I feel like they stuff.
0: they are they are more accurate, but I don't know. I just like the I like the fixed blades because I I had a couple not open and just yep. they, they I don't like the extra added factor of failure involved. Um, this last year I shot a doe it was really weird. I shot this doe and, uh, I get down and I look at my arrow and it's like, my arrow is laying in the grass, like on top of the grass pointing back at me. I'm like, that's weird how this landed. And then I'm looking at it. There's only a little tiny speck of blood right on the fletching one fletching. And I'm like, what what is going you know i couldn't figure out like what does that mean and i turn around and i look and there's blood everywhere it looks like somebody dumped paint cans blood everywhere so i started tracking it and i kicked it up so i backed off and waited a little while and then i went back back to the blood trail and found i found this deer like probably 75 yards i don't know what i did it was 30 yards broadside I had to have done something drastic, like bumped my knee or something, because the arrow slit this deer's throat, like just barely slit this deer's throat. I wasn't aiming at his throat; I was aiming where you're supposed to aim at a broadside deer. Somehow, yeah. my arrow was like a whole foot and a half yeah, away you, from there, deep deep feet up, away. Um, yeah, high and right. High and and right, and the slit little- her throat. I mean, just to the point of, like, probably one blade, one one of the three blades just went right across her throat, and it just cut, and she, I mean, she died quick. She bled out like crazy, but I still i am like, yeah. what? How did that even happen?
1: I had, I've had two like that. One, oh, both of them were in Illinois on yeah. the same piece of public land. <laughs> one was a doe 10 yeah. yards away. This is my older bow that Marty shoots. Super accurate bow, but not super fast. 40 feet per second. Ten yards away. She had heard me pull back, and she got a little leery. And then she was walking, and I stopped her, and so she was, like, super on edge. But ten yards away. Down and quartering away. And I shot, and where the arrow first touched her was perfect. Right on the vitals. She spun out so fast it never entered her body cavity. No way. And so I just saw the arrow laying there, like punched in the ground and she spun out and then walked away. And I was like, you know, just in my mind, and like, I couldn't see any blood or anything. She her the side that I shot at was turned away from me and she just walked away. And I was like, wow, I've never seen a deer at 10 yards spin out. Like, God, I thought I was right on her. Like I must've flinched or whatever. (laughs) I also, so full full transparency, I also shot at a ten-pointer, like a two-and-a-half-year-old. It wasn't a huge one. But I hit a tree. And, uh, <laughs> and I was pretty sure I hit a tree on that one. I don't think I touched a deer. So I was, like, getting down to, like, find arrows because I was going to run out of arrows. Yeah. And I got down and found the arrow that went at that doe. And, like you said, it was like, there wasn't much on the arrow. Then it looked like somebody just took a fucking gallon of blood and, like, dumped, dumped it in it the trail. Everywhere. And I found the deer, and you would have thought I sliced her with a samurai sword. <laughs> the gash in her was a foot and a half long. It started right where it would have hit broadside to go into her vitals. Yeah, She spun out so fast, it went like from that piece of her back, under her leg, out right underneath her jaw. And it broke three ribs on the way and just... Just touched the inside of her body cavity. Didn't hit anything vital, but got into her body cavity. It was like a foot and a half long wound. Jeez. And she just just totally bled out. Um, That was with a rage-like chisel tip, I think. (laughs) But but same same thing. It was just like, there's no blood on the arrow, but just a path of blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That shot already wants to say something. Okay. Um, That shot was right where it was supposed to be. Similar to yours, I also shot one at 30 yards. It was like a meat buck in Illinois on the last day where I had some nice bucks that I saw, but didn't get <laughs> shot. And I was like, whatever, I'm brown is down. I just want five, I'm, I'm spending 500 bucks on tags and probably another thousand bucks on yeah. Airbnb and the gas yeah, and no everything. Kidding. It's like, i back with some meat. So here comes the year and a half old. And I think it was a two and a half year old, but it's just not a great rack. Um, but I grunted him in, I'm at 30 yards. And I was feeling, I played some basketball growing up, you know, for a 5'10 white boy, played some ball, (laughs) I mean the ball, aka I rode the bench in middle school and high school, and uh, pulled back on this buck at 30 yards, and I was just so confident. Like, everything felt good, I was on him, there was just no, there was no, like, buck fever, there was no shakiness, it was like, I'm just gonna kill this thing. And I was so confident, that I followed through, like, Steph Curry on a three-pointer before I released the arrow. <laughs> and I kind of I wonder if that's what you did, because it sounds very similar to what I did, which is I was yeah. like, 30 yards, smoked it, and I, like, had this, like, lean back. That, like, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I did, but I assume it was, like, a follow-through, like, a lean back. And I released it, and I just remember, like, I was on it, and I'm looking for the arrow to go right through its vitals. And instead I see the arrow hit the side of its neck. <laughs> and I smoked it in the side of the neck. And I remember watching him turn and run away. And there was a down tree there. And he ran, I don't know, he ran through that down tree like it wasn't there. <laughs> um, but all signs pointed to that it was. And so when you looked at the blood trail going through this down tree, you just, you're like, how did an animal get through? Th- I mean, it wasn't like a small down tree. Yeah, It was like three, four, five, six inch branches hanging off the same. It was big. And like for him to go up and over and through all the shit that was in that tree and the blood that was spewing out of it. I'm just like, did it die? Hey, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. An animal that's going to live is not going to do what he just did. But also like, how the hell did he get through that tree? Yeah, that's crazy. It just doesn't make any sense. How he, like what path he took to get through that damn thing. Um, he ended up. He he of course like went to he was I shot him down in the bottom and he yeah. stayed down in the bottom. And my dad was with me and we eventually kicked him up. And it was one of those where you like had to watch him die. Yeah. Like he was he he just ran out of blood. There was blood everywhere. Ugh. And it was after dark, so we didn't have our bowls with us, and we're just like. We're literally just sitting there, just, like, having a father-son moment. Like, all right, how long do we get? We're we're 10 yards away from him, right? He can hardly pick his head up. Yeah. We're just listening to him. We're having that, like, arm around each other. Like, here we go. Like, how are we going to get this thing out of there? Is he going to be down here for 10 minutes, or is he going to be down here for 30 minutes? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so we got, and that was the toughest piece of venison we ever ate. (laughs) It was, it was a rough one. He should have been all in the grind pile. He, yeah. he died not in a great... They, well, they a say that
0: that has a lot to do with it.
1: Totally. totally. How,
0: how they died. If they're, if they're it's quick, say the meat's a lot better than when they're uh, pumped full of adrenaline yeah. and dying yeah.
1: suffering. So, alright, Marty's got to go to bed yep. she's got to like, eat a baby and stuff like that. <laughs> but, I need to talk to you about uh, our venison processing. Yeah. So, we had... I'm going
2: to go to bed because the baby wakes up, like, every two hours from now until 6 a.m. So, I'm going to take what I can get. But, follow me on venison365ish. Yes. On Instagram. Um, join me there. Thanks, we'll, all.
1: We'll plug you again, too. Thanks, big. <laughs> I'll represent. So so one of the cool things about having a buddy like Ben, A, I mean like it's super fun to just have somebody that is as ridiculously dedicated to, to hunting as you are because it sucks when your buddies aren't. Yeah, right, for you know? sure. Yeah, but this is what I live for and I want to go all the time and you're like, put my wife or my girlfriend as I can't and I'm like, you're just being a bitch. Like, get your <laughs> ass out in the woods. I I have the Marty actually bought me the bumper sticker. I'm working class bow hunter. Marty bought this for me
0: You can't kill well, bucks If your wife sucks <laughs> You can't kill bucks If your wife sucks awesome. I
1: love it um, And it's just so true Yeah it Like works. It's just if, if they're gonna like Tell you what you can And can't do Like you're just not Gonna kill big bucks Oh it's, it definitely is like, true the, the weather Has to be right And you gotta do this And you gotta put So much time and effort Into it But it was a cool season I like I'm not jealous of Ben because he shot those two huge bucks. I take so much pride like the Kentucky one I was able to put him on. Yeah. The Illinois one was the spot that I had scouted and I had been there for six years, and like he and I both had that experience together. Yep. And there's not like a jealousy of like, dude, you shot these huge bucks. It's like, holy shit, I was able to put you on some huge bucks. And yeah. You for were able sure. to execute. Like, that takes a whole lot of effort. Um and so last year, Ben Again, Ben is the type of guy where it's like, hey, we should do this. And he's like, yeah, we should do this. And we're going to go 100% all in and do this thing. So instead of just being like, hey, we should process some meat. Like, forever in my family, we ground our own burger. We cut our own whole mussels. Steaks, loins, roasts, all that stuff. Then anything else, we took the summer sausage, the sticks, the whatever venison bacon. Whatever it is, we had butcher shops produce it. Yeah, right, right, right. And I'm like, hey, Ben, I'm going to shoot five, six deer a year. I don't know how many you're going to shoot. But we should pool our meat up and we'll figure out what we want to get made. And he's like, why don't we just make it ourselves? And I'm like, well, because you need all this equipment and all this stuff, right? It's like like I have a grinder, but it's a Panasonic whatever shitty grinder I bought on Amazon. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I have a vac sealer, but it's not a high end vac sealer, but I don't have the a big grinder or a big mixer or yeah. a stuffer or a whatever. Yeah. So like a week later he's like, Alright, I I spent like two grand on processing stuff. Holy still. cow. So he got he got the L E M, like I don't know, whatever horse grinder. He got a 25-pound mixer. He got, um... Uh, he had a 5-pound, like, hand crank stuffer. He bought the 25-pound electric stuffer. Maybe it's a 10-pound electric yeah. stuffer. Um, so he, like, bought all the assets... Stuff so to make it all easy. It ...in-house. Um, that was the catalyst for me to do it myself. I yeah. don't There's no reason that you need all this shit, right? You could totally do it without all this shit. Sure. Um, Like anything, the shit makes it a little bit easier. But year one, and we talked about this on the last episode, year one we just kind of was like, okay, we want to make venison bacon? Let's buy a packet full of venison bacon seasoning and figure out what their recipe is from whatever, LEM or whoever it is. We want to make summer sausage. We want to make sticks. We did those. um, We did some breakfast sausage. The breakfast sausage was by far the best. Yeah. And it's, like, it's just easy to do, right?
0: Yeah, I did breakfast sausages
1: this year, too, and it was amazing. So good. So, so good. good. Um, year two, we said we should start, like, the venison bacon was okay. Part of it was how we ground it. We ground it too fine, like, too bologna fine. Yeah. Um... We, we ended up, we found out after the fact, and that's a funny story, but maybe I'll tell it here, but we found out as we were going that we had been overcooking it, and so that was part of the deal. But also, just like, the seasoning pack just tastes chemically. Yeah. And so venison bacon was something where we were like, let's try our own recipe, let's do some research, find some recipes, make our own batches, yeah. figure it out. We did that, and it's light years ahead of where we were the year before. It's like, it's fucking unreal. It's no, candy. Yeah. It's it's so good. Huh. I've um, never
0: made venison bacon.
1: Dude, it's just it's bonkers. I'll share I'll share the recipe with you. I won't share it on here because I'm a stubborn asshole like that. <laughs> Plus I don't know it off the top of my head because it's in a Google sheet somewhere. Yeah. Um but vet, I'll just say if you're not getting venison bacon made or making your own venison bacon, do it. You suck. Um, <laughs> and if you and if you're like, oh, I should do it, then go to venison 365ish and check it out. Yeah. Um, he, so like the lem was okay. Tastes a little chemically. We made it ourselves. Put some like we. Uh, I have 160 acres in Wisconsin, so we get our own maple syrup from that. Nice. Put some maple syrup in there. Holy smokers! That was good stuff. So the venison bacon was was top notch. Part of what we found is we overground it. We did, we did, like, a fine grind instead of a coarse grind, and we overmixed it. We, like, we beat the shit out of it too much. Really? And so we way backed off on that, which, like, had, had double positive impacts, which is, oh, well, first we saved a whole shitload of time, because it turns out when you grind everything twice and you mix the shit out of it, that takes forever. So if you grind it super coarse and don't need to mix the shit out of it, that doesn't take forever. Yeah. So <laughs> you get, like, literally two-thirds of your time back. Yeah. And also the texture is way better. So we had uh, so so a little coarser texture, and this year, last year we bought a bunch of like just pork butt and mixed that. This year we went to a butcher shop and and called around a bunch, and we had a butcher shop that was like, "What do you want? Do you want picnic trim or fatty trim?" And I was like, I didn't know there were two different types of pork trim. Yeah. Even though I used to I used to trade pork trim. Um, when I worked at Cargill, but I, I, I didn't think butcher shops played at that level. And he was, he was, I was talking to like the owner of the shop, and he's like, Well, if you're doing X, Y, and Z, you probably want the more pork trim, and if you're doing bacon or something like that, you probably want the fabier stuff. And I was like, Yeah, bacon man, yeah, doing some bacon. but we were also doing brats, so we got like. I don't know, we had 190 pounds of venison, and I think we ended up buying 175 pounds of pork or something like that with a mixed bag of fatty stuff and and less fatty stuff. Yeah. Uh, We did venison bacon with our own recipe. We did red brats. I used the meat eater brat recipe. There's a few good brat recipes out there. I think we ended up on the meat eater one, just scoping them out. The brats are bonkers good. Hmm. Super good. I was so surprised at how good they turned out. Yeah, um, I've never made. I my wasn't own. surprised. I wasn't surprised at how bad I am at making them a regular size, because you like <laughs> roll them into like a big casing and you gotta like spin them. Man, I got like an eight inch brat followed by a four inch brat. got some. I got some for, for everybody, man. Diversity. I'm all about diversity. Um, the brats turned out super good. I did find out we bought the collagen casing. Like, just the shit you buy from the store or whatever. LEM brand is just what we tend to buy. Um, If you boil them in that, or shit, even however you cook them in that, it, like, melts away. Really? Or when you buy Johnsonville brats, because I'm from Wisconsin, so Johnsonville is what you buy. Yeah, Um, we buy here, too. Yeah, they don't like the casing doesn't melt away no. right when you cook. Like the casing stays on there, so that's like a natural casing. When yeah, you buy the collagen, it like melts away. We um, we used
0: to do Italian sausage every year in my family, and I I want to say they they we would always use the natural natural casings.
1: Yeah, I I think that might be something we mess with the next year. Yeah. But but the, but the nice thing about the collagen is it's like so the casing melts away, but it melts away at. A little after it hardens, so it does. It holds together. Yeah, it just holds together, and then you just have a sausage bell casing on it, which yeah. is totally fine. Yeah, that's not um, bad. The brats have been a big hit. We did um, a summer sausage in the sticks. We still used a uh, LEM recipe, which I think we'll switch from next year, just because it's not it's not bad, but it tastes manufactured. It yeah. tastes like they're it's like they're trying to make sure they don't get you sick. Um, <laughs> One, one thing we found out, though, and this this was funny. We're, we're doing our processing. We did breakfast sausage totally uncooked. We did, um, and it's like 50-50 pork with just seasoning mix. Tastes great. LEM is what we use for that. And it's awesome. Um, we did brats. We did venison bacon. The venison bacon you smoke while you're there. Like to, and, and I'll get to the temperature thing in a second here. The venison brats we did raw, just stuffed it. Not smoked, they're frozen raw. Um, but then the sticks and the summer sausage we smoked, okay. And while we we had the, the so the venison bacon, you mix it all up and you make like a loaf of it, okay. But you, you put it in like a tin pan, and we tin panned it the year before. Like the recipe we read online said, like, fully cook it and then slice it, and it just tastes kind of like ham, okay. It's just, cooked ham it's not bad right but not it doesn't taste like venison or bacon um and so my experiences with, with venison bacon was that it's not quite so chewy and it's more fatty hmm. so part of that was we need higher fat content pork trim it's like we were mixing it 50 50 but our pork trim was pretty meaty and less fatty so we need fattier pork trim And the other thing I noticed is I was like, when I fry our venison bacon, there is not a lick of grease in the pan. Not a bit. When I fry venison bacon from a butcher shop, there's some grease in the pan. Yeah. Which tells me we're maybe overcooking it on the smoker and that all the fat is draining out. Yeah. Whereas maybe if we don't cook it quite so long, some of the fat stays in, which means when you fry it, it gets in the pan. I don't know if... If it's sliceable, because you need, like, a meat slicer, deli slicer to slice the loaf once it's done smoking. Sure. And obviously it needs to be smoked and cured enough that you're not slicing, like, gooey meat, right? It needs to be hardened. Yeah. And so so Ben and I, we were, like, this was, like, 10 p.m. on a Saturday night after we were processing meat all day with two type A personalities. So it was, I'm arguing that, hey, we shouldn't cook this as long, And he's arguing every bit of research we've done says you need to cook this to full temp. And he's like, we're calling the butcher shop. And I'm like, don't call this dude that's at the butcher shop. Like, it's a Saturday night, blah, blah, blah. He's like, we're fucking calling him, man. Like, the venison bacon is on the smoker and it's already 140 degrees. And we need to know if we're staying up till like, 3 a.m. until it's 165. Or if we're taking it off at 150 or, or right now or whatever it is. He calls him and the son of a bitch answers. What? And the and the dude's like, oh hell, yeah. like I won't cook that stuff past one forty five. And and I was the one arguing that we shouldn't cook it for very long. <laughs> and Ben's the one arguing like, hey, we need to cook the shit out of this stuff because it says so online. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't, I don't like, regardless of what the online shit says, all I know is whenever I've gotten it from a butcher shop, yeah, it never seems like it was fully cooked. Um, and so and so we're out there and it's like shit. The stuff's at one forty eight. Like we got to pull it off. So we pulled it off. We threw it in the back of the truck. We sliced it the next day, and god damn, that is the Perfect. best. It's so good. And and then, and we learned. He also said, our summer sausage and our sticks. He had been cooking to like one sixty five. He's like, I hardly take them past one fifty. Oh, No kidding, like, no, shit. huh? Like, no wonder why ours are all so dry and like the yeah. ends are burnt and we're like cutting off a bunch of stuff. Well, they're, no.
0: they're probably putting those numbers up there because they don't want to be the one that told you not to and somebody gets sick.
1: Yeah, hey, yep. bud, I, yeah, it. it mm-hmm. I'm curious to see that that did make them like yeah. extra wise a way lot better. To, I mean, we were getting them like. Some of them will be 165, 170, but some of the ends will be like 180, 190. Yeah. Oh, it's time for a sleepover, man. Yeah, apparently cool. you're cool. still awake. Yeah. You should go lay down on the couch. <laughs> I was waiting for you. I'm excited for, for year three. I think we'll do summer sausage and sticks recipes. Yeah. Custom. We'll start messing with that stuff. Venison bacon. I don't think we'll change a thing. The brats. I don't know. Now, Don, did we'll you change. put? Do you, is the venison bacon recipe on the three sixty five ish? I don't think Marty put the whole thing out there. Um, I could tempt her to. I could yeah. tempt her to put those, it out there. Those. I got it in a Google sheet. We we decided to document everything this year because we were like, shit, we're gonna like find some really good stuff and then not remember what we did yeah right that's oh, that's so what i seem to documenting do everything
0: yeah that's what i seem to do is i'll do stuff and i'm like how did i make hey, that
1: i'll do this i'll do this yeah if we get a 100 new subscribers to venison 365 ish and i'll drop the, drop the, the venison vegan rescue out there how about that? <laughs> all right i'll put that out there for you <laughs> yeah. yeah 100 new subscribers let's do that cool man uh, wait, it's followers. It's followers on Instagram. It's followers, there? yep. Well, I think I got to get this kid to bed. I think you do. I think you need to go to bed, too, because it's 1130 where you're at, and you probably <laughs> have, like, work to do tomorrow or something. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. It was good talking to you guys. Good catching up, man. Good yeah, catching up. Yeah, real good catching up. We got to gotta do another Bookkeeping Beer and BS episode to talk about your business and probably tell some hunting stories. Yeah. got that... to tell my hunting stories. You got to tell your hunting stories. Let me
0: know whenever. We... we... Uh, jump down some giant rabbit holes this year in the business world so that would be interesting to talk about too
1: is it uh uh, you don't have a lot of time left but is amanda still military still full-time that or is she going into the business she's almost done uh
0: with her full with her active duty so this summer she'll be uh she's and she's getting really in into this business like she's she was just sending me stuff. She got us registered with uh, Sam SBA SBA or SBA. See, I don't know this stuff. Something or, where we'll make it easier for us to get government contracts. Ooh, and nice. then and then she was sending me tomorrow the drilling down with Conquer there. It's about government contracts, and she's like, I need you to record this for me. She's in Kansas and training, so she can't watch it. So she's getting really involved. Um, and That's it, fun. which is good cause I, I think that she'd be a good, uh, I think that she'd be good asset to the, to the business to help it grow. But we definitely, uh, we're definitely going down some scary roads with it right now. So <laughs> scary. Good. Yeah, huh? Scary. Good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do we, that, man. We did that the six month conquer program. So they pushed us to do a lot of things that I probably would have never done without it. So
1: good. So, yeah, Good.
0: well, uh, let me know when I'll, I'll come on bookkeeping
1: at any, anytime you want. Hell, oh, yeah. All right, man. All right, dude. Good chat with you. Yep. Everybody go check out Venison 365-ish on Instagram. And uh, if you like small business, check out Home Service Happy Hour. On uh, apparently all the podcast things in the YouTube and the Facebook and probably on the Instagram, too. I don't mean, know. Yeah. Yep. It's I'm everywhere. everywhere for all that. But all check right. it out. All right, man. Hey, see, boys. See ya.